everybody. Welcome to the 200th episode of a wrestling gal podcast, providing you with the female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J. As today, I am joined by Kristen Ashley, DS Shin, Josh Robinson, Stephanie Hardy, Samira, and Muscle Man Malcolm to bring you an entire panel on the current state of women's professional wrestling within WWE, AEW, Impact, MLW, NWA, Ring of Honor, and the independent wrestling scene. So, without further ado, let's chat and celebrate 200 episodes of A Wrestling Gal. So just a quick disclaimer, first of all, thank you so much for being here and celebrating 200 episodes of A Wrestling Gal. Honestly, I can't even believe that I'm even saying the word 200 next to A Wrestling Gal podcast. It's absolutely insane how far and how fast everything has happened over this last almost two and a half years. I can't even believe we're to this point right now, but thank you to everybody who has supported from the beginning, or if you're new here, again, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate everybody tuning in and showing your support on social media and on all the podcasting platforms with your rates and reviews as well. I definitely couldn't do it without the support of the audience. So sincerely, thank you so much for supporting me, this podcast, all of my amazing guests, and of course, women's wrestling, which is the main reason why we're here today. Of course, we're talking the current state of women's wrestling today as of October 28th, 2021. I should note that I do have a little bit of a disclaimer. So all of these recordings with my guests were filmed within the last Last 10 days, but obviously some things have already changed. For example, obviously there was a big news in the Ring of Honor world yesterday that they will be taking a hiatus after December and that a lot of their talent, if not all of them, will be released from their contracts. But me and Malcolm had a great chat on the women's division prior to that news. So just know that uh, this was recorded prior to that news, but I still wanted to share it anyway. Anyways, and also, for example, Dakota Kai has returned to WWE on NXT this past Tuesday. And me and Stephanie touched on that a bit when talking about WWE. And of course, I think the only other thing that has changed is obviously now the TBS championship brackets have been released for AEW. So we uh, recorded that with Josh just a couple days before that bracket was released last Friday on Rampage. But other than that, I think everything is pretty relevant and up to date. So just wanted to give a little disclaimer and also in regards to Impact, I did film with DS Shin last week before Bound for Glory, where obviously now Mickey James is the Knockouts champion and the inspiration is the Knockouts tag team champions. And of course now Jordan Grace is now a triple crown champion with an impact with her victory and earning the inaugural digital me 
media championship. So Bound for Glory was certainly very, very special. But just keep in mind, there are a few things that we mentioned or talk about that have already kind of changed since our recording. So without further ado, let's now get on to the proper long video on the current state of women's professional wrestling. And thank you so much again for tuning in. I sincerely hope you enjoy. I have a panel of some amazing, amazing guests within the wrestling media world and some women's wrestling experts, I would say. So let's kick it off by talking about the independent scene, the current independent women's professional wrestling scene with my good friend, the co-founder of Bell to Bell's PWI contributor and also a woman who was just on oral sessions with Renee Paquette. I'm talking about Kristen Ashley. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 200th episode of a wrestling gal podcast, talking all things on the current state of women's professional wrestling with an amazing panel of some very knowledgeable people. And of course, I couldn't have this episode without the lady herself, the co-founder of Bell to Bell's PWI contributor and so much more. Kristen Ashley, how are you today? I am very good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I am so excited to have you back on a wrestling gal talking all things women's professional wrestling in the current state. And today we are here to talk about the independent scene in women's wrestling, which itself is just global. Like the independent scene is so massive nowadays. It's huge. Absolutely huge. Kristen, there is so much going on right now in women's independent wrestling from the United States to the UK, to Europe, to Australia, which is finally just opened up. So for you, where do you want to start out today? Oh, my gosh. You know, let's start out with Australia just because they deserve it. They've been sitting back for quite a while now. And I know just by following some of those women, they're excited. They're excited. One one of those women who everybody knows who is very excited is Shazza McKenzie, who has detailed her lockdown journey throughout the last however many months. And she's finally making a trip back to the U.S. next year. So I'm so excited that the Australian scene is finally getting back into action. Obviously, like the Perth area and like the the, uh, Western Hemisphere of Australia was not Western Hemisphere. The Western part of Australia was open, but now like Sydney and Melbourne and all of that is now opened up, which leaves the floodgates open to people like Shazza, Jessica Troy. I would say Charlie Evans, but Charlie Evans is now back in the United States. That itself is super exciting, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it hasn't been completely dead stopped over there. Yeah. There have been shows, but, you know, a lot of those talents, they really get excited about coming over here. Shaza was literally on her way over here mm-hmm. <laughs> when the, you know, when all the travel restrictions started mm-hmm. being put in place. And so she had to go back or she wasn't going to be able to go back. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited because I think this is going to bring back Australian wrestling Mm -hmm. to here because you know again there have been shows over there not a lot obviously but you know we haven't been able to really see them um you know over here so I'm I'm pretty excited about it especially now that 
uh, a little promotion called Shimmer is opening itself back up, which has hosted a lot of people like, well, Charlie Evans is going to be at Shimmer coming up on Halloween. Also, Shazza McKenzie and Jessica Troyer knows and and even Madison Eagles is no stranger to Shimmer, too. But I feel like that now that Australia is open, like full Australia and I would assume New Zealand and Tasmania, too, as well, that mm-hmm. really opens the floodgates for a lot of the newer talent to whose, I guess, career was really halted by this pandemic. People like Rita Stone, uh, Lily Blaze, like Rochelle Rogue. There's so many new and up and coming talents that really kind of had their new career paused and really didn't get a proper chance to really spotlight themselves. And it like halted a lot of momentum specifically for people like Kingsley, who is one of my best friends. She just started leading the bad bitch nation right before the lockdown happened by (laughs) defeating Jack Bonza. And so now there's a lot of possibilities now that all of Australia and New Zealand and like Tasmania are opened back up. Yeah. And I think it's a good point you bring up because, you know, when you only have a couple matches that have women, right. So women's matches Mm -hmm. on a card, and you have people like Charlie Evans, who does a ton of death matches and intergender mm-hmm. matches, which she would kill me with the I word, but intergender matches. <laughs> then, you know, the younger talent who just came up, they're not getting those spots. And so for the borders to open for mm-hmm. people like Shaza and Charlie and, and Jessica, who have been around for a little bit to come over here then that opens up these spots for women who are more local and maybe couldn't get sponsored to come over here or you know they're just brand new and so that's a risk that a lot of people maybe are not willing to take to come all the way over to the U.S. Mm -hmm. so it opens up a ton of stuff and you know Australia like I have friends over there and it wasn't just one lockdown it was Mm -hmm. a ton it was off and on It, it was like a switch and they were very, they were all held in a spot where they weren't sure what was going to happen the next day. And so a lot of people went and they just got regular jobs or they went back to school or, you know, they, they couldn't, they couldn't rely on this. And so now things are starting to open back up and granted, we can't really rely on it, (laughs) but you know, it, it gives that, that new talent, that extra push. And I think we're going to see a lot of new names coming out of there now. I think some of the new names for people who maybe aren't as familiar with the Australian scene, I named a couple, but another few other is Charlie Rose from Tasmania. And then you have like Edith Knight, you have Stella Nix, you have Lena Cross too from like around Mm -hmm. the Perth area and Melbourne and Sydney. Those are just a couple names, but again, it's going to be cool to see even more new emerging talent now that people can get back to training facilities and all of that. And just the possibilities, like you said, of travel restrictions, like coming back to the U S or maybe them going to the UK um, that I'm super excited for. Yes. Oh, there's a lot of possibilities, but I guess we'll move on to the UK and like the European scene, because that itself, much like Australia, there was a lot of lockdown and, you know, they were scheduled to go into lockdown, I think, until June. But then they were like, psych, we're going to go into lockdown for another month to like mid to late July. So ever since really like midsummer, the UK has kind of opened itself back up and we've had a lot of cool things going on, like Rev Pro's Queen of the ring tournament Giselle Shaw is now holding two elite championships and is the highest and really has had a breakout year again holding the Rev Pro undisputed British championship and now the um 
progress wrestling women's championship. She's definitely been a standout too of this whole pandemic. Oh yeah. Um, she, I mean, if we're talking lists, yeah, she, I mean, she was somebody that we talked about pretty early on, on, mm-hmm. on our meetings. Um, she's really rocking the scene over there and I'm glad, um, she, I remember Giselle when she was doing, wow, I know we should talk yeah. about wow, but, um, back before all that stuff happened and, and she was just always a, a huge standout. Um, and so, yeah, the UK scene's finally back. We're getting people like Eve who are, mm-hmm. are now back to, you know, monthly pay-per-views. Hopefully they say, you know, uh, more than that. I guess I won't reveal all that. Ooh, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I won't, I guess I'm like, maybe I won't reveal uh, the Reed's plans, but um, you know, it's, it's so great because the UK scene has already gotten sort of this foot on them because of NXT UK, they're eating up a lot of talent. And although NXT UK still lets their talent run indie shows, those mm-hmm. indie shows that have that talent, those matches cannot be filmed. Like they cannot be broadcasted on pay-per-view. And so there's sort of this, like this sort of halt on a lot of, a lot of talents, but you know, we're getting a lot of new women. Luckily there's some really great schools over there that are training new women. Um, so we're seeing a lot of new faces and, I personally think UK women's wrestling is some of the best in the entire world, frankly. Now you mentioned pro wrestling Eve, and this is a looming question I've had for a while because obviously with the NXT UK restrictions, um, the, the pro wrestling Eve tag team champions are in two different parts of the world right now with Medusa complex, Millie McKenzie. Now Amelia McKenzie in NXT UK is one half. And then Charlie Evans has gone from Australia to the U S now. So I don't really know the status of the pro wrestling Eve tag team championships. However, I do think we need to have one other run of Medusa complex at some point. Yeah. And I, we talked to Charlie Evans for the PWI 500 mm-hmm. interview series we did. And we asked her that we're like, you know, you, at, that, at that time she wasn't over in the U S yeah. yet, but she was really campaigning for it. So we thought we asked her, you know, if you do come over is, is Medusa complex done? And she was very adamant that no, she really wants mm-hmm. to do it. And, um, that, that she misses Millie a lot. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, this isn't the end. Again, they let them at NXT UK do indie shows. So I think there'll probably be a run, but I'm sure the belts will be dropped sooner than later. Probably. But I want I want at least one more run in them. We need to get some closure on that. But you mentioned like pro wrestling Eve as well. I mean, they just returned to professional wrestling in August where they crowned a new champion in Jetta, the princess Diana of pro wrestling, which I'm so happy for her. And plus, Charlie Morgan and Alex Windsor have also returned from retirement, essentially. Yeah. Oh, that when they came back, I mean, I was told, so, you know, I, I talked to Dan quite yeah. often who promotes Eve and I was told you don't want to miss the show mm-hmm. and, um, you know, promoters, right? Like all promoters kind of have that same, like, we got, we got to hype the show up. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting to have a, a huge return and Charlie Morgan. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love Alex Windsor, but for me, Charlie Morgan was the comeback story and yeah. You know, when she left and we started Bell to Bells, she was our first interview mm-hmm. that we did. And 
I mean, I talked to her on the phone for a long time and she was torn up. I mean, sometimes you get people who retire and they're just ready. They're just Mm -hmm. ready to go. And like, look, it was, it was the right time. And you could tell she wasn't ready to go. It wasn't something that she wanted to do. So when she came back, I mean, we we were driving to St. Louis, we were going to NWA and we had stopped at some random Panera (laughs) bread on the way down so we could watch Eve. And, and it came on that she was back and we just lost our minds in that Panera bread because we, we missed her and having, having UK back, having the UK any scene back and then having these platforms for the women who are ready to come back. It's fantastic. And Jetta, please. I mean, she deserves I know. all the titles. Mm-hmm. She really is, I think, in my opinion, a pioneer of, mm-hmm. of women's wrestling on the UK indie scene. Absolutely. No doubt. And I mean, yeah. like legends were on that pay-per-view, like Rhea O'Reilly, who's been in Eve's basically since it's in it's since its inception. And yeah. then now a new champion and Casey, Casey Owens finally broke the curse of the Eve international champions, not being able to successfully defend and retain their right. championship. But she she won and she retained that in a really cool international like six pack challenge with people from all over the world. That was so fun, too. Yeah. And I mean, high end was there, right? Mm-hmm. Like the thing about Eve and really, I mean, same thing with Rev Pro, same thing with um, Progress is mm-hmm. that they are pulling some really amazing talent mm-hmm. from the U.S. too. And everybody that you've seen on NXT UK has been in these shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, I mean, there are some amazing women over there. And I, I've always been one to say, don't sleep on the UK women's NBC. And I've always said that. And I, I, be- I still believe it. I mean, it's pretty rare that you'll find um, even some newer talent that aren't like insanely skilled. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just really excited to see where they go. And also like this year, I guess, really saw the inception of other great promotions really rise up, like catch pro wrestling crowned their first women's champion after a long battling tournament where Lizzie Evo became the first ever catch pro wrestling women's champion and other promotions. Like you said, progress has definitely had a spotlight on their women. Unfortunately, they've gone through a couple of champions Ginny had to vacate it and then kanji had to vacate it which led to giselle becoming champion however there has been a constant spotlight on their women's division and same with rev pro with their queen of the ring and all of that it's been a really really fun summer too especially yeah and i think you could say that about everywhere frankly mm-hmm. i think women's wrestling is finally getting the attention and respect that it deserves it's always been great but um i don't know if it's the fan base more or the promoter more mm-hmm. or a combination of both, but it's never really gotten the spotlight that it deserves. And so these women all over the world who have been really fighting, really fighting for attention are finally getting that attention. And, and the list itself, it's the women's 150. It's got, mm-hmm. it's got women's wrestling from every continent mm-hmm. except for Antarctica. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, but, you know, unless there's some penguins up there, yeah, right. down, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's I mean, it's indicative of a whole trend. But finally, right, like finally, these promoters, especially the UK, are giving them some some spotlight. Now, who for you right now, I guess we'll go back and forth. Who right now are some stars in the UK or European scene in general in women's wrestling that you think more people need to be watching? 
Um, okay. Well, Sky Smithson for one. Oh, absolutely. Um, Sky Smithson is she she is primarily Eve, though she does a lot of stuff around Germany too. It's where she came from, and she's incredible. I mean, she absolutely is incredible. She she has such a different look. And, and, you know, she runs with Rio Riley quite a bit and her skills are there and her mic skills are there. I mean, the woman can cut a promo and I forget which Eve promotion it was, but she, or Eve, um, sorry, Eve pay-per-view it was, but she cut a promo that just captured my attention. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't look away. She's super great. Um, Laura DeMatteo. Oh, I love her. Yeah. I, a lot of people know about her. I mean, she's been around for a while, yeah. so it's not one of those like don't sleep on her, but. I, she can still go and she plays such a low key role quite mm-hmm. often. But I, I mean, I think if like there was ever that momentum or if she felt like she really wanted to, she could just blow up. I mean, she's insane. She's really great. Um, oh my gosh, who else? <laughs> There's so There's, many. I know. Right. Oh, um, yeah, I guess those are my top two. What would you say? Um, one that like the, one of the first people I thought of was Heidi Katrina, who obviously is like in the UK, but she's also been doing a lot of training with slam wrestling UK as I think they had their first, like all women's tryout a couple months ago, which she led at slam wrestling in Finland. And so she's been absolutely everywhere. I mean, she was supposed to be on the Eve card, but unfortunately something else popped up, but like she has a relationship with them and like a bunch of other promotions across the UK and Europe itself. Um, Lucia Lee and Lizzie Evo have really like been stepping up their game and getting a lot more appearances. Obviously like Lizzie Evo has like three or four championships at the time of recording this. So she's no stranger to gold. So if you don't know her name, obviously, like I said earlier, she's the inaugural catch pro wrestling women's champion, but like Lucia Lee, the descending angel has also been really, really coming up and killing it, you know? She was supposed to face Millie McKenzie prior to the pandemic and prior to the pandemic, which is like a really big dream matchup of her. So I hope that that gets to happen soon for her. She's another one. And like Clementine, too, who made her pro wrestling uh, Eve Russell Queendom debut. She's yeah. been doing amazing, too. And like you said, um, Laura DiMatteo, Sky Smithson's been everywhere. And I mean, Zoe Lucas, too. I mean, Rev Pro's Queen of the Ring and like Mariah May as the biggest <laughs> dream dolls. I think so. But like, yeah, Mariah May and Zoe Lucas have been doing amazing, too. But yeah, so if you're not like watching those names, you really, really should be. Like I said, there's a lot of amazing talent on the UK, but like those are some that stand out to me personally, too. And plus the ones you said. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Like, even though it's like six hours difference for me, <laughs> kind of central time. Yeah hard sometimes to be able to catch mm-hmm. those shows even when they are filming on yeah YouTube or fight or wherever but you know zoe lucas is no stranger to the, U- no. the u.s team mm-hmm. she's been all over with shimmer and everywhere else mm-hmm. so you know now that these borders are opening people are going to get to see them live and mm-hmm. i mean believe it or not <laughs> seeing somebody live as as opposed <sighs> to seeing somebody on fight is yeah. a huge difference so i think we're finally going to get that that rush back up to where we were and, you know, that perfectly transitions into the U.S. scene. As you like you said, the borders are open and a lot of the women from like Australia, the U.K., Europe, everywhere. Shimmer is one of those places where a lot of them get brought into. And obviously Shimmer is returning for the first time in 
a long time, just over a year, I believe it was November of last year was their last show. And so they're returning and bringing in some talents like Charlie Evans. And of course, Zoe Lucas is no stranger to shimmer either. Um, But like the U.S. scene, there's just a whole like even just breaking down by region by region, like the New England scene, like the tri-state area scene, Florida, Chicago, California, Texas Mm -hmm. itself is a whole other conversation. Like there's, (laughs) there's so many moving parts within the U S like just regionally. Right. Oh yeah. And actually um, that's, that's a good, that's a good point. I'm free, not this coming issue with the women's 150, but the next issue. So it's the tag team 50 issue. Mm -hmm. Um, my column comes back and I'm doing a piece on the Chicago scene and it's new for me because I've never really focused locally. I've always done something mm-hmm. like nationally or, you know, so local is a new, it's a new monster for me, but there are, there are so many women in the U S that are, are competing right now and so much talent. And, and, you know, now that all of these divisions are being revamped and these titles are being mm-hmm. Um, introduced or reintroduced and that the doors start to swing open. Mm -hmm. It's like this whole, it's this whole new monster for the U S. And I think that's why a lot of people in Europe are are itching to get over here in Australia, because it's just now everyone's on TV. (laughs) You see everybody on TV. And once you see, you know, Lainey Luck went through freaking the whole division, it feels Mm -hmm. like an AEW on dark. Now you see Lainey Luck all over dark and they're going to want to go see her shows, Mm -hmm. you know, around the Midwest. So, I mean, there's so much talent. It's hard to keep track of. (laughs) I know, like even just Chicago, like the first names I think of are obviously like Sky Blue, Heather Reckless, Blair Onyx. Like those are some names who have gotten their AEW debut in recent months, which is like absolutely crazy. And I'm so happy for them. That itself is just Chicago, like California. You could have a whole discussion about Texas, like New England's been killing it too. And like a lot of the girls, um, like are just tying in with AEW and MLW and like everywhere ring of honor, of course. And like, mm-hmm. you could have so many different conversations and like Florida obviously is a big hub for like NXT talent. So <clears throat> there's so much going on. There really is. And I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. I don't know what really kicked it. I don't know if it's because of, you know, um, COVID or, or what mm-hmm. kicked it. But the doors just kicked open. You know, we have MLW's new division, mm-hmm. which, you know, hopefully there's going to be a whole television f- show for the women, according so. to Court Bauer. <laughs> um, you got ROH's divisions being <clears throat> revamped. Mm-hmm. NWA's reintroduced titles. They're back. Yeah. Um, Impact is opening that door for everyone to come on in. They're welcoming everybody. So it's just crazy. Everybody is showing up everywhere. Um, AEW a- Dark is that's built for talent that are from the indie scenes, you know, it's really built to showcase um, their roster, but it also, it also opens up these doors for the indie women to kind of try out in a sense. So people are getting signed left and right. And, and originally people were scared, like what's going to be left on the indies. Well, Mm -hmm. that, that leaves the door open for new talent. Now we have women who maybe were sitting on the fence about training and now they're like, I want to train because now there's room for them. Now there's a desire for them as well. Um, you've got GCW opens up a new um, LA uh, mm-hmm. branch of their stuff. So you've got all these promotions opening up um, or reopening up. And some of them are women's only too. And mm-hmm. so it's just opening up this whole new level of 
of talent pool. And it is extremely hard to keep track of, but um, at the same time, like we're getting to see people on TV that we have known for a long time that are amazing. And like you said, like a lot of like all women's promotions have really been emerging or like steadily rising up nowadays. Like obviously you have your established mission pros and like WWR plus that has been like killing it in the pandemic. But then you also have like flawless is coming back and like capital championship wrestling CCW, which is just launched and that itself is just within the U S there's a lot more around the world, but like, it's cool <clears throat> to see like all women's shows and promotions really rise up and recognize that there is this audience and investment towards women's wrestling because women's wrestling does draw despite what some people might say whatever we're going to disregard that but like all women's promotions have really been like honestly slaying and I think it gives a great spotlight that like women's wrestling can draw in everything like uh it makes me so happy to see like more and more just like emerging even just this year alone yeah I mean and that's not that's not even really talking about Canada Canada's starting to open up their stuff too Mm -hmm. now um and now now the borders are opening for land travel, which, which I think was, you know, pretty, um, it was, it wasn't impairing a ton of travel, mm-hmm. but I think now it's going to make it easier for a lot of uh, wrestlers to kind of come over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now things are starting to open up for good or for worse. I, I don't have, I'm not a scientist. I don't have those stats or facts in front of me, but I think, you know, with, with the world opening back up with this sudden reemergence of women's wrestling, or at least the fans yelling loud enough. Um, it, it's, it can only go up from here. I'm really excited for the future. So am I. And much like the UK, Kristen, we're going to put you on the spot again. Um, we talked about UK and European talent, but like within the United States in indie professional wrestling, like who do you, who is on your radar now? Some names who are like maybe a little bit more known, but who are some other people you think more people need to be paying attention to in this current day of indie women's professional wrestling in the U S yeah. Well, you know, I'm so Lainey Luck is totally known. Of course she's I'm biased. Huge, I'm so biased. I don't it's know okay. if it's because I'm in the Midwest and yeah. maybe I just, I'm so biased to the Midwest talent, but Lainey Luck is, I, she's so great and she's mm-hmm. so talented and her gimmick is amazing. I don't know why she hasn't been scooped up, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of the women that I've been keeping an eye on out have have been scooped up. Masha just recently got some mm-hmm. offers. Um, Willow Nightingale is gonna kill it over at MLW mm-hmm. and, and ROH. Um, let's see who else. Uh Jordan Blade is like mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Um, she has an intergender tag team uh, with Elo O'Neill at Kings of District, and they're awesome she's incredible she's she's really like her look and her style is something that we really need more of on on the indie scene um riley shepherd yeah oh my god yeah she's an incredible human being um davian uh i think megan bain is gonna be the future so do i oh my god megan bain has got the look that like i predict within probably a year and a half wwe is gonna offer her something because she's just got the look She's already got the gimmick. She's already stepping up to the plate in a lot of ways, skill-wise. Um, and Ashley uh, Dambros, she's yeah. amazing. She, to me, reminds me a lot of Serena Deep. The way that she wrestles and the way that she presents herself. She, she's going to be fantastic, too. 
So I had four names that I thought of like immediately. You said one of them, Megan Bain, who obviously won the ECWA Super 8 like cup after being a last minute replacement for Kaya McKenna. She took it all the way home and Megan Bain literally went all the way as a last minute replacement and won arguably like the biggest in the in the eastern parts of the states but also i just thought of somebody else erica lee was also in that tournament and like is the pro wrestling magic champion like became the first female to ever hold the pro wrestling magic championship like just in general and like other names like i i'm much like you i'm biased towards um another midwesterner sky blue who is my homegirl. Like, I love her to pieces. She obviously has made a lot of recent appearances in AEW. She's also around the Chicago area. She was at NWA Empower. Like, she she really has a following around her. And, like, like, there's just something about her that really draws everybody. And, like, people pay attention to her. And, like, to make her debut on the PWI Women's Top 150 list in the top 50% is really, really special. Um, and rightfully so. I think she can only go up from here. We've been seeing her more recently in AEW television. So she's been killing it, too. I think another couple underrated people is dream girl ellie one half of the international superstars we recently saw her on nxt actually a couple weeks ago she's been doing great and like kennedy copeland has like is so hardcore if you're not following her stuff like what are you doing like (laughs) she's so fearless and she's been doing amazing as well i have um I'm not going to say, well, whatever. I'm going to say a hard on. I have a hard on for women who do like hardcore, like hardcore matches. I I just have a soft spot for anybody that can do that. Um, Just because like, these are badass women and Kennedy Copeland can hang. (laughs) She's incredible. All those names you said are incredible. I know. And again, that's just like within the U.S. There's so many more people like Heather Monroe's been doing amazing, too. And like Ray Lynn is now the MCW Women's Champion. I'm glad that they're tag teaming together again. Yeah, it's going to be super fun taking over women's tag teams. It's going to be a fun time coming up going into 2022. But Kristen, that concludes our talk on the independent scene in women's wrestling right now. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of history or history on a wrestling gal. Thank you for having me. I'm always, I, I'm always in love with talking about the women's uh, indie scene. So it was my pleasure. Now, before I let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias and where they can check out your projects? Yeah. Uh, well, all my, well, you know, really only Twitter, I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> at Kristen Ashley, uh, it's L Y no E and, uh, beltbells.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at beltbells, B E L L T O B E L L E S. Um, we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up. I don't know exactly when this airs, but there's going to be so much mm-hmm. content coming out. So many surprises. We're really excited. And also Kristen is kind of a big deal. You know, she was kind of just on um, a little podcast called Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. So like Kristen, I'm honored to have you today. (laughs) Stop, stop. I'm not uh, on behalf of PWI. They're the big deal. Definitely not me, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today again, Kristen. There's nobody else I would rather be talking about the indies with than you. Thank you. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 200th special current state of women's wrestling of a wrestling gal podcast. And today I am also joined by the amazing host of Ring the Bell. And he is literally everywhere. Mr. DS Shin, how are you doing today? Hello. Hi. Am I everywhere? You literally are everywhere, though, DS. Like, you speak with legends. You got a lot of current talent, like, and you have a lot of connections. So, yes, you are everywhere. Hey, well, thank you. You are the Mick James's number one friend. <laughs> so, so for you to say that, I'm just humbled. But you are Gail Kim's number one friend, my friend. <laughs> so, we're like, we're, we're like, have you watched Squid Game? Not yet. Oh, I've been wanting to, but I've been so busy. <laughs> For the people that watched it, we are Ganbu. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to watch this. <laughs> when I watch this, I'm going to remember that now. But I mean, like okay. we're, we're here, obviously, to talk about the current state of women's wrestling. And DS, I had to designate you with the Impact Knockouts division because you've been at a couple of recent events there. You've been at tapings and at Knockouts Knockdown, and you were at Slammiversary, too, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. No, I would love to talk about Impact uh, Knockouts division because I think it's one of the best women's mm-hmm. division that's out there, but it's just not getting enough, I guess, like exposure. Um, just like they they need a lot of a lot of more fans love because it's so good. Oh, for sure. And just as a disclosure, everybody, this is being filmed before Bound for Glory. So we don't know the results as of yet. Um, but yeah, coming in with like the impact knockouts division, I feel like those are one of the few divisions that like consistently showcases their women in multiple, like noteworthy and worthwhile segments. Like obviously you have Perazzo as the reigning knockouts champion, but then you also have like your knockouts tag team championships, which have also gotten a little bit like the value of them has really gone up recently. I think since they kind of main evented knockouts knockdown. So that was super exciting to see too. Right, right, right. They're, uh, absolutely, their tag division is so strong. And we also know the new addition mm-hmm. to the division. We have to talk about that. So, I mean, so exciting. They're just growing and growing. Yeah, it's cool to see. I feel like at Knockouts Knockdown, I feel like the tag team championship match was probably the one I was honestly least expecting to main event. I thought, oh, it might be Mercedes and Steels, you know, like that was the finals or Perazzo and Slamovich or even like the Monsters Ball match. But it makes sense that they have the Knockouts Tag Team Championships main events because right after that, you obviously coincided with the announcement that the inspiration is coming to the Knockouts Impact Division. And so I feel like that elevates the championships even more as they've been recovering in their not in their tag team division after losing like Nevea and then like Taya Valkyrie left earlier this year and uh, Kira Hogan left so they're kind of rebuilding and rebranding it so you have the current champs Havoc and Rosemary as DK going against the former Iconics now the inspiration Mm -hmm. did you hear their new theme song (gasps) I did not yet Oh my god, it's it's so good. And I'm like, did they sing it? I'm not very sure. Uh, their names in there. I'm like, who's the one singing it? It's like, hey, inspiration. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my that was not my actual singing, by the way. I could do better, but we oh. you know, because we've been to karaoke, you know. That I mean? is true. Oh my god, <laughs> fun times. I missed you so much, CS. 
<laughs> that was such a fun time, like NWA and power, but like the knockouts division. So what do you think? Obviously it's been announced that the inspiration, assuming they walk out as te- as champions, I feel like that itself, Hugh speaks truth and speaks real volumes that they, their debut will be for a championship match. So assuming that the inspiration walks out as the tag team champions at bound for glory, what do you see for the future of the knockouts tag team division DS? Well, I mean, the inspiration choosing to come to Impact, I think Mm -hmm. it's a really good decision. The first thing uh, when Iconics got released from WWE, Mm -hmm. I was talking to Paloma about it. We're like, they have to come to Impact because, you know, WWE not doing much for tag division. Yeah. And AEW also doesn't have, I mean, they did have that tournament, but nothing really followed up from it. So Impact is the only company that, that has a flourishing tag division. But on top of that, Impact is so good with character development and story building. So it's just perfect match for inspiration. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I don't know if they will win or not, um, but either way, I think just it's just exciting because I think with uh, inspiration being so popular, they will bring a lot more eyeballs into the division. I think it's going to be interesting to see too, whether they come as like the not goofy, but like really entertaining and like high energy like iconics we were used to, or they can kind of be repackaged as these more like poised and elegant, like inspiration. Like, I don't know what they're going to come in as, but I hope they don't lose that entertainment value. But I feel like there's going to be a whole, this is going to be a new version of this iconic duo, the inspiration. Right. Right. From that little segment that we mm-hmm. saw of them sending like a FedEx from yeah. Australia or something, <laughs> that was so funny. So that, that gives me some hope that they will be absolutely amazing. And I feel like too, so obviously you have DK, you have the inspiration, you kind of also have Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans, and then you also have Sue Young's like Dead Brides with Brandy Lauren right. and Kimberly. So, if, and then you also, I guess you have Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering too of tag team together. So you now have like five teams in this division who just a couple months ago was, oh, and of course the influence, duh. So you have like six formidable teams that I think could work in this tag team division. And that's so important too, to have like a a secondary championship in a women's division because you can't have everybody in the main title picture. So it's giving them something to vie for and giving them something at stake to fight for and a chance to really showcase themselves. Right, right. And you know what? I think this is what Gail emphasizes all the time. If you look at Impact's uh, women's division, knockouts division, everyone's being used all the time. Yeah. And everyone has very distinct character and storyline. We know who they are. Uh, so it's just it's a very healthy division. For sure. And I mean, they're adding new members too. they also recently just announced Masha Slamovich has signed with Impact Wrestling right. Russian Dynamite. We don't know if Lady Frost is confirmed yet for the knockouts division. It's been speculated about. We don't know if she accepted oh, it. Is it. I don't oh. know. It hasn't been confirmed yet. She's been offered. But at the time of recording this, it hasn't been confirmed yet. But Assuming that like those two are both of them are officially again, I think obviously Masha is no stranger to the impact zone. She was just at knockouts, knockdown competing against Deanna Perrazzo and Lady Frost made her impact debut in July again against Deanna Perrazzo. And she was also in this amazing tournament. So I think too, that them adding new names like Savannah Evans came up on the scene a couple months ago. Brandy Lauren is now back in the impact zone. And so I think that it's nice seeing some fresh faces, but also with some veteran to like Taylor Wilde and Sue Young and Jordan Grace. 
Have you seen that segment where Masha was offered the contract from Gail Kim? Yes, I did. Wow. I mean, that was so amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, so I talked to Gail right after the event mm-hmm. and she was like, that was not planned. And she was just backstage watching the match. And she was like, she, Masha was so good mm-hmm. that they had to just come out and offer the contract right there. So that was such a pure moment. And like Gail was excited to have Masha. Masha was excited. She was tearing up. Mm-hmm. That was such like such a great moment. Um, I'm curious what Masha's going to do because I'm going to be fully honest here. When Masha was first announced as Diana's opponent, I wasn't that excited. Because um, she kind of reminds me, she kind of reminds me of like Glow, um, like Zoya the Russian the character. Destroyer. <laughs> Zoya the Destroyer. I mean, obviously I saw how, how awesome she was at NWA. Yeah. And in the singles match, she really showed that she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious because this could be a very one-dimensional gimmick, but I'm curious what Impact's going to do with it. I will say Masha is literally only 23 years old and has already traveled really? the world to, yeah, she's literally she in Japan. Yes. In Marvel, she spent a whole year there during the pandemic and then came back, I think is one of the hottest free agents and is like taken over the world and like mission pro and beyond. She just had her own freaking event at Borsh at the beach. Masha Slamovich presents with beyond wrestling. So, I mean, that itself speaks volumes. She's had some high caliber matchup, like on the indie scene and then obviously being invited at NWA and power. Right, right, right. So yeah, again, I think, that character, how that will evolve and impact because your creative team is so good, that's something I would be interested in. Me too. I don't, it's interesting too. Like she's always been this like high intense, like super entertaining, but like she's also kind of a brawler too. So like she, to me, maybe just because I've seen her work in other promotions too, to me, like she just brings a lot to the table. So it's going to be interesting to see what angle um impact goes with her whether they will just have her continue like her unpredictability and trust in like her uh proven work or if they're going to go a new angle with her but she's always the russian dynamite and also lady frost yeah i mean uh, her moonsault Oh my God, the Sky Twister Press too. Like, the oh my God, Sky Twister. Yeah, Sky Twister Press. Yeah, it yeah. was so good, so good. I mean, I've seen Lady Frost here and there. I think I've seen her at, either at Rise or Shimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but at the end NWA that Battle Royale main yeah. event was really when she caught my eyes because mm-hmm. that just it was just beautiful, beautifully mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. And I feel like she contrasts a lot of like the characters too. Like obviously her character is like icy and stuff, but then you tr- you take that with like the Russian dynamite or like like formerly Fire and Flava. I feel like her character is so different than everybody else's too. And I feel like for some reason I just envision her somehow like competing against like Sue Young or one of the undead brides, and I think it would be hilarious. But she mm. she stands apart like differently just from her look alone, and she has great in ring work to back it up too. What do you think is her character? It's not. It's like the so she goes by the coolest wrestler you'll ever meet. It's kind of like. <laughs> Elsa superhero but she also can like back it up in the ring too as well with a lot of like Japanese style moves like strong style and stuff and high flying stuff she can do a lot you know so again I think because Impact is so good at character building mm-hmm. and storyline uh, that's what really excites me about 
people like Lady Frost and mm -hmm. Masha because those are again kind of one-dimensional characters. So for indie mm -hmm. shows, when you don't really follow storyline, yeah, they will come out. Oh, and she's like that Elsa girl, you know, <laughs> that works. Yeah. But how will that develop an impact in a long-term storyline? That's what I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. Again, assuming that she did sign, because we don't know as of now, Masha right. is confirmed signed. But I mean, like I said, I wish, we, yeah. So do I. So do I. But like I said, Lady Frost made her debut on Impact a couple months ago against the reigning knockouts champion, Deanna Peraza, who has absolutely killed it over the last mm -hmm. year and a half since arriving in the knockouts division and has gone through virtually everybody except Tasha mm -hmm. Steeles, I must say. She's gone through pretty much everybody except Tasha. And they've been kind of teasing something on Twitter. So I think that's something we'll get down the line. But we also can't forget that the winner of the knockouts tournament at knockouts knockdown Mercedes Martinez is yes. also waiting in the wings uh, after the results of this knockouts championship match. Mercedes Martinez so exciting do you think that Mercedes I I would love for her to sign but I also want to see her like everywhere too right now <laughs> that's a that's a big, I don't know that's a big question I mean you know what I, I, I want to see her impact I do mm -hmm. I really do um because again, impact impact has something that I really like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I see, I say it all the time. And this is something that I kind of see lack in AW is a long term storyline and character. Um, Mercedes mm -hmm. has we've seen her amazing matches in the indie scenes in Rise Shimmer, like the thirty minute Iron match. I think was it sixty minutes? We've seen those. I want to see her in the next level in a bigger. Oh, stage it was it was. It was 75 minutes. I know which one you're talking about minutes. against against that other lady we won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, I want to see her. I want to see her in the next level because we already know that she could wrestle. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to see her in a more of a full package presentation. Um, but she'll be I think she'll be awesome in impact for sure. Oh, no doubt. Like now that she's kind of given that creative freedom and I feel like the true respect that she deserves, she can really only mm -hmm. go up from here and bounce back and really make a good comeback. I think she's done amazing things so far. Obviously she plowed through that tournament. And also that tournament was also kind of, I not a stepping stone, but really a good sign in the right direction for Tasha Steeles to kind of start. I think the singles run against maybe Deanna Perrazzo. They've been teasing it on Twitter and a little bit in the impact zone. So I think there's something promising there for Tasha Steeles as well. She made it all the way to the finals too of the tournament too. I'm telling you. So I interviewed Gail and Deanna like last month, yeah. two months ago, and they both said they want to see Tasha mm -hmm. uh, go in a singles comp competition. So I think there's something there. I think Tasha Steeles like has this, I think was a first sign. And I don't know if they're going to want to go the angle of her still and Savannah Evans as a team and then have her branch off. But this, I think was the first steps to a true possible singles run ever since fire and flavor split up. But I mean, talking about Deanna Perrazzo, DS, like what is, as a, as a women's wrestling connoisseur, like I told you, what are your thoughts on Deanna Perrazzo's like run in this impact knockouts division this last year plus? Oh, so good. It's been so good. Just, I mean, I love seeing how she just flourished. So I, I got to interview Deanna right after she got released from WWE. And yeah, she same. was just like, what did she, what was she saying? Like, basically, she had so much 
uh, fate in her in the character of, uh, mm -hmm. character of Virtuosa, but there is a lot of um, like WWE did not believe her in mm -hmm. that character. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I love, and there's people like Chelsea Green. So like Chelsea Green, when WWE says no to one character, she like adapts and like develops yeah. something different. <laughs> but Diana really stuck with it and she succeeded. Um, and that virtuous character, uh, it really just flourished the impacts. And then all the matches I've seen all the way from like Jazz, ODB, Taya, it's been just so good. I do want one thing though. Okay, what is that? And I think it's I think it's happening with Mickey James. So I think she had a lot of great opponent and great matches, but I think what she missed was that great bloodthirsty like feud and storyline. Mm -hmm. With Mickey James, they're going there, that barn fight when she almost <laughs> like murdered Mickey. Like, yeah. <laughs> so good, so good. So this better main event found full glory. Uh, by the time you're listening, it maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah like and this has really been three months of like consistent right. like slow building storytelling because obviously mickey james brought diana into nwa empower but diana thought you she stole her spotlight after she defeated thunder rosa at slammiversary so that really fueled her surprise attack on mickey at nwa 73 after mickey defeated kylie and then ever mm -hmm. since they've been running rampant in impact obviously with this barnyard brawl and now they have an uh not a warrant but like an a, a mandate where they can't touch each other or before their Pick match your poison match poison yeah and it's been really leading up to what i consider and i mean i'm totally biased i will admit that but arguably i think like a dream match for a lot of people including myself mm. yeah no this is gonna be great for sure you know i when when they were building for empower i was kind of complaining that oh my god like I, it's Melina versus Diana. It seems like Mickey versus Diana match. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the direction they were going, <laughs> which I love. It was such a long-term, great storyline, consistent. And yeah, I think Diana is really proving herself that she could do everything. Now, obviously, if Diana Peraza retains at Bound for Glory, she will then go on to compete against Mercedes Martinez at some point, which they just wrestled each other actually this past weekend at Russell Pro at an indie show. But that is definitely a match I am looking forward to. However, what happens if Mickey James now wins the Knockouts Championship? And now Mickey James, who somebody who's not formally signed with the company, but she, you know, she has that history in NW or in impact. And so what happens now if Mickey James becomes a knockouts champion and is now at the forefront of the division, she not only ends this amazing run that Deanna's had, but I think really changes the game in the impact knockouts division. Right. No, completely agreed. Either way, I think it'll be great. I, I have, I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> Now, to close things out, I mean, you're obviously close to Gail Kim, but DS, I mean, you know the mind behind Gail, and Gail is obviously a producer behind everything. So honestly, what are your general thoughts on the Impact Knockouts division in the current status, or what are your hopes for the future of them? Where do I even start? Right. <laughs> so, um, I mean, Impact Wrestling, the knockout vision is just so good. And you can honestly feel that the management is treating them like the crown mm -hmm. jewel of their product. They care about them. They care, they care about each and every single uh, roster member. So I, I really want more people to pay attention to it. I think inspiration coming in there would definitely help. 
what else? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and then Diana. I I'm excited to see what happens there. I really do. Um, um, but also the other hope I have is, um, you know that Christian Cage and Kenny Omega, they've been coming in and out of not yeah. um, in and out of Impact Zone. Yes. And I'm like, where are the women? Right. Huh? Where are the Brit women? And, <laughs> right. Like there was a whole segment. Wasn't like Tony Khan was like sitting there and like taking notes or something mm-hmm. in Impact Wrestling. Girl, you should have been taking notes on women's division because you've got great talents, but the booking, I mean, it's, it's definitely improving. I think it's definitely improving. Um, but take some notes. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation, but yes, you're Let's right. Let's do some cultural exchange program because mm-hmm. I want that. <laughs> and like Diana's been very, very verbal about wanting to work with Britt Baker and even like Chelsea Green, who Chelsea Green has been everywhere. NWA, she's been in Ring of Honor and Impact. Chelsea Green has been everywhere. And I mean, Impact has that relationship with AEW and like that forbidden door has been open for a few months now. So like Tony Khan, like where are you at? Like, hello? I can go off on things, but you know. (laughs) I mean, same. Yeah, but yeah, Tony Khan, come on. Come on. (laughs) Let's Ugh. get it going. We put want it. To, put women to your priority. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm so sick of that whole AW fans protecting it. Like, oh, let let the uh, men go first. They are new company. What the fuck does that mean? Like, That's the first I'm we... hearing of this, actually. Really? Whenever, yeah. there, whenever, whenever, whenever there's like um, criticism on the men when they're whenever they're or, or criticism on women's women's divisions booking whenever there's criticism on like diversity issue they're mm-hmm. like it's a new company let them work with their stars first give them first dib that whole mindset is wrong mm-hmm. uh yeah and you know i will right, say that just, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Impact Wrestling Knockouts division, I feel like, is the standard bearer of knowing how to properly book your women and showcase them in multiple segments, especially there's more than just a title picture. Like, Deanna's done amazing things, but it's they're also going beyond that in their secondary championships with the tag team championships. And even outside of, like, the title picture, I mean, you have, like, Sue Young doing this, like, crazy thing with, like, Brandi Lauren and Kimberly, <laughs> where Brandi right. trans formed into this undead bride so there's multiple like storylines going on there like in in itself where it doesn't necessarily have to revolve around championship but you know what impact does really well too and it's very unique is they nailed intergender wrestling yeah they really did um so recently they had a whole like i think it's like 20 person burial or something it was a huge yeah and there were like four or five girls in there um, and they did so well. J- Jordan Grace has been like really inner. J- Jordan Grace and like Chelsea Green have really been mixed into the intergender right. stuff in Impact, which they've been absolutely killing it as well. Like Jordan, obviously, last year actually vied for the X Division Championship at Bound for Glory, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And now with this digital media championship, her and right. Chelsea have been involved in like the qualifying matches for that. Right. So that again is a cool crossover too. Right. And then here's the thing. I, Impact Wrestling doesn't make, doesn't push it down your throat. Like, no. for example, like they, it's not what the quotation mark, 
not natural if, if that makes sense like yeah. they don't have like women throw over heavyweight people <laughs> like you know what i mean like it it they it just happened naturally organically and it's just it just makes sense there's really no reason for women to not wrestle men uh but when it happened it just happens organically there's nothing it's it's casual and yeah it's it's, it's fun it's fun so basically, we have nothing but praise for the Impact Knockouts division. They're doing amazing cool. right now, currently. And whether Mickey James walks out as the Knockouts champion or Deanna Prazo retains or the inspiration becomes new tag team champions, I think they're headed in a new and exciting direction either way. And of course, we well, got some new yeah. signees and all of that, too. Right, right, right. So exciting. Um, Gail did say, I'll be very happy with Impact in the next couple months. Mm. So there might be more. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but she just oh. said I'll be very, very happy. <laughs> okay, okay. A little, a little teaser from Diash, and he's tease. got the scoop. Okay. I don't. Oh. It's, it's, is it a scoop though? Like, like <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what's going to happen. But she yeah. said I'll be very happy. So, and she's usually very. Uh, she's on on mark with it. So yeah. Well, yeah. of course she's. I mean, a producer, so she has to know. <laughs> But yeah, DS, before I let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias and your projects? You can find me on Grinder in your local area. <laughs> did you get that joke? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. No, I'm actually off Grinder because I'm seeing someone. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God, this is the real scoop of today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, but you can find me on Instagram at DS Shin, uh, Ring the Bell DS on Twitter. And I literally just made a TikTok, like literally, literally just now. Literally. Oh my gosh. You're going to be TikTok yeah. famous now. <laughs> because, um, yeah, I have to, I have to, I don't think I'm going to be TikTok famous, but no, I'm like research purposes because I'm in media. Did you guys know that I have a full-time job? Yes. I don't think a lot of people know Oh, that. I do, but yeah. Mr. NBC. <laughs> a lot of people do Thank you. Thank you. So a lot of people think that Ring the Bell is my full-time job. <laughs> I actually have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a producer. I'm a news producer at mm -hmm. NBC. It's a little more, I guess it's a, it's a serious, it's more of a serious title, but yeah, I have TikTok now for research purposes. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's it. But DS, yeah. thank you so much for joining me today and making your A Wrestling Gal debut. Is it my first time? It is. <gasps> oh my God. It is. Why didn't you call me earlier? I mean, we tried, but it didn't work out. Remember, we tried around Mania. I thought that was the other way around. That was I was no. trying to have you on. The no, I was on Ring the Bell after the releases, but I tried a couple yeah, weeks yeah. before for Mania stuff, but it just didn't work out because schedules, which I get. Really? Yeah. So this is I'm your so Wrestling Gal debut oh, on the 200th. That's when, mm -hmm. I think that's when. Uh, that's when I broke up. <clears throat> oh shit! And, um, that's been a tough time but hey happiness is on the horizon mm -hmm. it's been great okay we love to see that ds thank you so much for being <laughs> a part of the 200th episode special of a wrestling gal and i hope to have you back in the future yes please have me back thank thank you
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 200th special of a wrestling gal podcast, talking all about the current state of women's professional wrestling today in 2021. And today I am joined by someone I consider a women's wrestling expert from Love Wrestling, all the way from Adelaide, Australia, Josh Robinson. So how are you doing today, Josh? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. A women's wrestling expert. I've never been called that before. Well, you are, in my opinion, anyway. Anybody else who says otherwise is invalid. Uh, So we're here to talk All Elite Wrestling, AEW, their women's division, which has gotten some news recently that they're introducing a secondary championship, actually. So I guess we'll start there. Now, at the time of recording this, the brackets for the TBS championship have not yet been announced. They will be announced in a couple of days. But at the time of recording this, they have not been announced yet. But I think... A lot of people have some first names in mind when they think mm-hmm. of the TBS championship, which is going to be the secondary to Britt Baker's AEW Women's World Championship. So, so Josh, firstly, what do you think about the secondary championship for the women's division in AEW? I'm excited because I think a lot of people, maybe even yourself included, Ella, were thinking if they're going to get a secondary title, it's going to be tag team titles. Yeah. And to be completely honest, I don't think AEW are in the spot right now with its women's division where they could introduce tag team titles mm-hmm. just for pure numbers. There isn't like there's 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 enough women, but to keep it, you know, yeah. at, a, at a nice pace, mm-hmm. we're seeing things on the other side of things with WWE and their women's tag team division, and it's not really... <laughs> uh, you know, it's not really, you know, succeeding that well at the moment. So we didn't want, I didn't want that happening in AEW. And then it's more people, you know, for, for some reason why there's, there's hate on everything for the, some people that think women's wrestling doesn't draw, doesn't matter. It's just more ammo for them to be like, well, this isn't working. See, we told you it wouldn't work. So I'm glad it's a a secondary title to Brit because I think it's, uh, it's going to be better. Also, I'm really happy that it's not called like the women's TBS title. It's just the TBS oh, yeah. title. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of feel to it. It it does, but you know, and it, 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 we can all talk about all we want about what we want and what we, but until we see what actually happens with it mm-hmm. and the t- attention that it should get, then I'll kind of judge it more, but I'm excited. I feel like there's a lot of names like just running around in my mind who like been killing it, but they haven't been in the title picture. Like the first person I thought of, and I think a lot of people thought of was Jade Cargill who mm-hmm. was undefeated, um, if I'm correct. Like, I think so. <laughs> still undefeated. So she's been on a tear. And then somebody like maybe a Chris Statlander, who, who's got a championship opportunity but fell short. And now it's more moving towards like maybe Ruby Soho and, and Jamie and all of that, or maybe even Thunder Rosa, I think, is another yeah. name that's been tossed into the mix for the TBS championship. But, Josh, what do you who do you think is going to be in this hunt for this TBS championship? Yeah, I think a lot of those names you mentioned, I think my my automatic kind of thought process was was Jade. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know if she makes a good first champion or if she's someone that should be mm. getting it a little later. I think Thunder Rosa to me is like prime and ready for that spot. But then there's an argument for Thunder Rosa being more ready to, to you know, rekindle Oppose that, that Brit. rivalry. Yeah. Brit. So it's it's interesting to think about, but I think my mind automatically does kind of go to Jade Cargill. I like Jade. I think she's really good. She's got a long way to go, but to show this, she's this good, and she's what two years into the business, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see, and she's a very 
she has a presence. Jade has this kind of presence about her. I, I, when I watch Jade, I'm like, oh, you're just a star. Like you just ooze star quality, mm-hmm. which not everybody has. We know that. And, um, but I think, yeah, Jade and the Thunder Rosa are really where my brain went to, but like a Chris Statlander would be so good and Jamie Hayter. And um, even some people like a little, maybe like quote unquote lesser down the card, like a red velvet or something like that. I'd like to see in those spots as well. But again, there's, I guess the beauty about AEW is, is what I've learned to love about AEW is that there is people outside of AEW that could potentially can be involved in some way, shape or form mm-hmm. um, with other divisions. And, you know, they have working relationships with other companies. So, and as Ella, as you know, the, the women's wrestling scene is as hot as it's ever been in terms mm-hmm. of like just sheer talent everywhere. So, you know, excluding WWE talent, I guess, the world is kind of their oyster mm-hmm. with the amount of women that they can really be like, oh, we can use this woman and this woman, this woman. And I mean, no disrespect to any other company. I don't mean this in a, in a negative way at all, but AEW is a pretty big platform. Yeah. Um, it's the biggest outside of WWE, really. So it would be pretty cool to see, you know, maybe like a Chelsea Green be involved in something mm-hmm. like this. Or even, I know Deanna is a bit bigger than maybe the TBS championship, but mm-hmm. even like a Deanna Perazzo. And you know what I mean? Just using different mm-hmm. talent, um, I think, is a really cool way to utilize this championship because I am excited for it. I think a possible like dark horse or like unexpected. And again, we c- I could be completely wrong with the brackets coming out in a couple of days, but I think like mm-hmm. Kira Hogan has been making like a pretty decent run. Her apparently she's been signed, but they didn't yeah, I think she has public. They didn't put it yeah. on Twitter, but they like mentioned it on a show, which I didn't know till a couple of days ago, actually. Um, but Kira Hogan has steadily been rising above the ranks, I think, in AEW. So I think she might even be in the conversation. But you mentioned like the tag team championship, like switching gears here. I feel like they're building they're building a little bit on their tag teams. Like yeah, you are. obviously have TJ, you have Tainara Conti and Anna Jay. I feel like you also have Jamie Hayter and Rebel. And then you mm-hmm. have the Bunny and Penelope Ford and then like mm-hmm. Kylan King and even Red Velvet or maybe even Emmy Sakura and Lulu Pencil. So oh, I think yes. that right there is like five teams. I know obviously they aren't going in that direction right now, at least right now with tag team championships, but I think that they have the potential to build a tag team division though. And they've been doing that lately over the last few weeks with tag teams, which has actually been pleasantly surprising. Mm, I agree. Uh, I think again, uh, when they're not going down that route yet, no, maybe they yeah. will in the future, but uh, you know, why can't they utilize? I, I feel like, and I'm not trying to be negative just to be negative, but I feel like the, <laughs> the kind of we've, we've seen, I hate, I, I really don't like using this term, but the forbidden door, why has it been so shut to women coming over? Because I feel like it has mm-hmm. been to a certain degree. Oh, no, it definitely AEW has. Side, like mm-hmm. the AEW side, there hasn't been, why aren't we seeing these women coming across? And, mm-hmm. you know, Brit has said in many interviews, that, you know, Brit Baker, I think, and I'll, I'll say this out loud. I think she is one of the biggest stars in AEW and she's openly said, I want to work with other people. I want to work with other people. Like let them come over. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's dance. And we really haven't seen that really at all on the AEW side to see other women coming through. Why aren't we utilizing, you know, we have Christian as the impact Impact Ah. world champion. (laughs) And why can't we see like the impact knockouts tag team titles come over? And why can't we see the, why can't we see Deanna Perazzo come over and Mickey James and all these other people? Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a little bit of a, uh, 
missed opportunity. We've seen Kenny Omega and we've seen the, he's the best of the best in AEW, quote unquote, to come over to Impact and work in these other promotions. Why aren't we seeing that with the ladies as well? I think that would be, I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity not to. Diana's been vying to go one-on-one or tag team with Britt Baker. Like she, yeah. like much like Britt, Diana has been very, very vocal about wanting to open that forbidden door. And like, like you said, it's been open for the men like Kenny Omega, the good brothers, Christian cage have all gone over back and forth and a couple other people. And so, I mean, like, why haven't the women, that's a looming question that I don't really have the answer to Chelsea green seems to be the only person that can go to everywhere. Obviously I don't think she hasn't been in AEW yet, but she's been at NWA ring of honor and impact. So, and obviously Thunder Rosa has gone from NWA to AEW and in between, but other than like NWA AEW has had like no correspondence with like anybody else. And especially with the Alliance with impact, I don't know what they're thinking by not crossing that bridge. Yeah, like, <laughs> Impact know. has, if not the best, one of the best women's division mm-hmm. in all of wrestling, like just par for par, talent for talent. Mm-hmm. Like it's really good. And there's a lot of women in Impact. Uh, and like, I'm sure, and this isn't a knock on Impact, but I'm sure a lot of those women would love, one of those women would love to get an opportunity to wrestle on a much bigger platform mm-hmm. than what Impact has to offer, you know, week to week. Um, so it'd be, it's just, it's just really weird to me. And again, I'm not trying to be negative just to be negative because mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things that have come out of it, but where's the love for the women in all of this? Because I feel like mm-hmm. it does get a little bit, you know, it's just a step. It, it's just presented as a step below mm-hmm. when it really isn't talent wise. It's, it's par for par on with a lot of the, you know, top male wrestlers in the world. So I'd just like to see a little bit more love and who knows, it, it, you know, there's it's not like it's ending anytime soon as far as i know so hopefully we can get some of these women coming over because there's a lot of think of all the matches that we could have with some of these women you know from different promotions wrestling one another be awesome yeah and like the women like you said they've always not always but i mean in recent months up until like a couple weeks ago have always felt like a step below everybody else and like Mm -hmm. of course we had this amazing i hope i don't go on too much long of a rant because i could go on and on about (laughs) i could (laughs) do but um we will try to keep it as brief as possible but like ever uh, quite frankly and again this is just my opinion and i think josh will agree with some of this but like Obviously, the main event earlier this year in March, the lights out match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, arguably one of, I think, top two match women's matches this year, period. Like besides the WrestleMania main event between Bel Air and Banks. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that women were main eventing AEW. And of course, uh, Thunder Rosa came out victorious. Every Britt Baker had the iconic blood running down her face. And it was a great match overall, too. But two months go by and. Like there's no real payoff. And then it just seems like the women's division has really gone on the back burner. And then Britt Baker won the championship and from Hikaru Shida. And then like throughout the summer, there was like nothing like even on media calls, like the women's division would not be talked about at all. Like if so, it may be for a brief moment, even though there would be women's matches on the card or like on the pay-per-view and during these media calls, conference calls, but the women's matches were not discussed like almost at all by, by anybody on the call. And it was really discouraging. And I feel like it spoke volumes to that. Like 
who's ever on this call representing AEW doesn't even talk about it, doesn't even maybe mentions one name. But other than that, there's literally nothing. And considering like when you're promoting this media call or whatever, when you have women's matches or women's storylines on the card, like the fact that you're champion Britt yeah. Baker, arguably one of the best in the world, doesn't even get mentioned. Or like, for example, <laughs> the qualifying match between Layla Hirsch and the bunny was scheduled to go down on the, I think it was for AEW homecoming and the winner would go on to NWA and power. That match was not mentioned at all. And power was not mentioned at all. on any Ugh. of these media calls, it was just like literally not at all. The only woman so mentioned annoying. on that um, call that day was Thunder Rosa in regards to the outreach program, which itself is a great program and all of that. But other than that, no other women's name was mentioned at all, period. And oh so I God. think that really spoke volumes. Yeah, well, I can't speak to the media <sighs> calls just because I, I you know I'm not really in them or paying it too much attention to them, but I have heard you speak of that and I've heard other <sighs> people speak about that before, mm-hmm. and it is really frustrating. But you know what? Like this is I'm just I'll just say this and it can come across how it's gonna come across and mm-hmm. whatever. But I hate that when I watch Dynamite, which by the way, fantastic show. Yeah, I'm, I've fallen in love with AEW. It's a brilliant presented show. It is mm-hmm. so it just feels like a wrestling show. However, when the women come on, it feels like this is just quote unquote the women's match because we have to have a women's match. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that feeling. There's genuinely no story in a lot of these matches. Mm-hmm. They run for a certain amount of time. The crowd is less interested in them because they're mm-hmm. not presenting them in a way that like with gender aside, if you give a match, that's just a match, just to have a match. I don't care. I don't care. And why should you care if you're not you're being told it's just, it's just eh, feel six minutes and be done. It feels like it's just, we're just having this match because we have to. And then there's a tiny, there's always that Britt Baker backstage segment that goes for a minute mm-hmm. and she brawls with someone. And then there's a match for Rampage. I'm like, Rampage has three matches every single week mm-hmm. and women are always plucked right into the middle. They always have a commercial break at the same point in every single match. They always go so long and then they're done and it's just awkward. And yes, they have done. I'm not saying that none of these women's matches matter. Some of them do, but you're just, when you're only having one woman's match per show, which I think is a little Mm -hmm. ridiculous, you need to make it matter. You need to have a story. And yes, they're still trying to pluck stories. and, and, And I appreciate the fact that they're trying to make progress, but it just seems like a lot of these women's segments and women's matches in AEW are just simply in the same spot. Mm-hmm. every single week on the show and they're just doing it because they have to be done and i just think that's a little eh, you know what it is what it is and i don't like it and i'm not saying anyone else is doing anything better we've seen stuff in mm-hmm. wwe at the moment of that's course. going crazy oh my god yeah but like i mean in AEW, it's like it's not like you're doing that much better at the moment you're really mm-hmm. not and yes there are a little it's never been a talent issue with the AEW women's no. division Never, ever. It's been the way it's been presented. And Tony Khan likes to say all these times, and this isn't an attack on Tony. I like Tony, but he always says like, oh, the women are a very important part of AEW. Well, maybe start putting them in a spot where they are important. Like it's not very often that you get more than one match. Well, I don't think I've ever watched a Dynamite where there's more than one women's match personally. I've only been watching Dynamite consistently for the last couple of months, but I've watched in between Mm -hmm. stuff throughout its whole what, two years it's been on. I've never watched a Dynamite with more than one women's match. Um, they very rarely, I think they've main evented twice. 
Yeah. I think mm-hmm. like one rampage. And then and Ruby one... and Brit. Yeah. Oh, three times. Okay. So they've made, they've made events of one rampage and two dynamites mm, okay. all involved Brit Baker, mm-hmm. um, which isn't a Brit's great. Um, but the, the problem is with how they've presented the women's division mm-hmm. is they've got Brit and I guess now Ruby Soho. But other than that, like there's a, it's a pretty significant drop with how mm-hmm. they presented those women compared to everybody else. And that is a problem. You don't want to repeat. I think everyone can, this is about AEW, but everyone can, has a right to complain about how WWE have booked their women's division with, they pretty much booked it around the four horse women. Yeah. And then there's a significant drop between the rest. And it's like AEW is doing the exact same thing with less women. Mm-hmm. So you're falling and repeating patterns. And we're seeing a lot of that kind of play out now with, you know, when Becky was away and it's like, oh, we've got to kind of build other people here and it's taking us some time. It, there's, what happens if, God forbid, Brit, Brit does get injured or Ruby Soho does get injured? It, it's, it's a pretty significant jump up to get to that level. And I don't know, AEW, again, have done a lot better in the recent weeks, but there's still a long ways to go. And just giving them the opportunity, giving them the time, multiple stories would be nice. And I guess with the TBS championship coming Mm in, you know, we might get multiple stories, but I hate, Ella, I hate this. I hate saying this, but I hate when, women only can be involved in title storylines. Why can't we have women being involved in like, I don't know, whatever storyline, you stole my car or something like that. You know what I mean? Like just something else other than you have a championship, I want it. And then they use the typical, you're a bitch. And then that's it. I hate that. I hate that. And that's what I was talking about um, with Dia Shin, with with Impact. Um, They do a great job at utilizing their women outside of championship pictures. Like, like the one day it was about Mickey James and like the trash bag incident and like yeah. earlier this year with fire and flavor. And then you have like Sue Young's undead brides and Kimberly and um, Brandy Lauren, like that's a whole thing too. And again, they've been improving, but again, there's nothing at stake outside of prior to like, like Ruby Soho coming in, essentially it was nothing yeah. else really was brought to the forefront besides outside of Britt Baker. And of course they were pushing Jade Cargill, but they weren't primarily showcasing her, you know, as they would with Britt Baker. And so I think this, like you said, this TBS championship is a step in the right direction, but there's still a lot of work to be done. However, they definitely have improved from that awkward time between like probably April and August was just, it was just not winning the title. And then that was kind of, that was huge, of course. But again, outside of Brit and Brit's amazing. Yeah, exactly. But outside of Brit, it didn't feel like anything truly mattered. Here's a, here's a weird question for you. And I don't know if we're even in this spot to even ever talk about this right now. But do you think AEW could present an all women's pay-per-view <laughs> ever? Say, say, let's say in three, between now and this time next year, do you think we could ever see that with, you know, the option, of course, of using impact talent and NWA talent and whatever it may be. They need, they need to improve their division and truly show that their women's, that they care about their women's wrestling, that they need to first get to that level of consistent booking. And um, I mean, of course, creative and appeasing the people, it's all business too. But I first, I think before we can ever get to that, they need to actually show that they're 
women are like actually cared about or and or booked correctly. So there's a lot of work to be done. I mean, never say never. I would hope for one. But at this point right now in time, I don't feel confident in saying 100 percent that we could be seeing it even next year. Okay, I was just I just, you know, we you and I especially talk about, well, we love women's wrestling. It's the reason we love wrestling. But Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's, it's interesting to think about that. We've seen Empower and how good and the reception to that. And again, it is important to note that like all wrestling companies to a certain degree are a business and you have to please your fans and whether people want to admit it or not. Yes. WWE haven't had another evolution, but that was to just please a lot of a a section of their audience. And I mean, we could go on a massive rant about what the hell is going on there, but I mean, to have that section of the audience that wants more for women with AEW, I just, it was just a out of curiosity question. I don't think personally we'll see it in the next year, but I mean, you, you never know. And I think it, I mean, AEW's pay-per-views are pretty damn good. So you could imagine it would deliver, but um, it's just, yeah, I just want more. I, that's all I want. I just want more opportunity. And, you know, it, it's, it's up to them then, you know, if they're getting the opportunity and then failing, which I don't think any of the women would, mm-hmm. but then failing, then it's on them. It's not on us what we want. It's on them not performing to the ability that they need to perform. But I think a lot of the women, and they have, a, their roster of women is getting bigger. Like it's it's getting pretty big. Why aren't we seeing, like when was a lot, I don't think I've ever seen Big Swole on Dynamite in the time that I've been watching. I can't remember the last time I've seen her. It might have been like, during the tag team tournament with Nicole Savoy or that, that might have been on dark. Ago. I don't remember. Like, because they put that on YouTube and it was really weird. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, What's going on? Like, I just don't understand. And there's also a lot of women available that they haven't picked up that I thought would go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on here? Even like, I know people have their opinions on this woman, but Lana, CJ Perry, why isn't she with Miro? That's just like a, a, a combination mm-hmm. that just is like, you know, it's like just the best. It's just like, it's just, it's just so good. Like why not utilize that? And Miro talks about his wife a lot. And it's like, I'd love to see that, that in AEW, even from a manage, a manager standpoint, like why aren't we utilizing her? And, you know, it's some other women, like if Chelsea is really going around everywhere and isn't tied down to one promotion, mm-hmm. why the hell aren't we seeing Chelsea green in AEW? Because she what would, I'm saying. I mean, the story writes itself. You wouldn't really need to do much of a, a story planning with Britt mm-hmm. Baker. It could literally just be a, a sense of like, she's my friend. I turn on her. Let's have a match. Pretty easy to do. I mean, you and I could write that. We're not, yeah. we're not, you know, on the creative team. So mm-hmm. why aren't we utilizing people like her? And there's, uh, I mean, there's a whole list of women that we could utilize. Like, but like, why aren't we utilizing these women? I just don't, again, it all comes back down to just opportunity, time, and actually giving you know two craps about it mm-hmm. because i feel like sometimes it does get if anything gets pushed down or if anything gets a little forgotten about in AEW for all the great that they do the women is probably not something they do perfect no and i mean after the release of pwi to be quite transparent um there's a significant drop um from where Britt baker and even hikaru shida are on this list to then the next woman, Nyla Rose, and then Jade Cargill in the rankings. Like there's a significant drop. And then mm. after that, it just. Karshida had like a brilliant year. What a yeah. year, what a rain. And, and 
I feel like, and this isn't a knock on her, it's just forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Like we just, are, we're, we're formatted by AEW to not care. Now she's wrestling, working with Serena Deep, who I think is par for par the best, one of the best wrestlers in the world, gender aside, just like technical mm-hmm. wrestlers. Serena is so damn good. Um, and I'm glad that she's back. She had an injury, I believe. And now she's back mm-hmm. working with Sheeta. But like, I genuinely am not being told, especially who's someone who wasn't watching AEW frequently at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm now being presented as Sheeta is just someone who had the title for a while, but it really doesn't matter. That's how I'm presented. Anyway, I'm taking it. So Yeah, that it was kind of um, lengthened because of the pandemic and the travel issues to where it couldn't be defended for a while. Yeah. So, 100%. yeah, that that I mean, to, I mean, she definitely like had great moments in the beginning of her title run. But then like it just she wasn't there. And then Britt Baker again was brought to the spotlight and outside of Britt Baker earlier this year. Besides that lights out match, you like there was nothing happening, really. There, yeah. With Jade Cargill, obviously, you had that moment with like uh, Cody and Shaq and Red Velvet. But then there was no real payoff with it. So, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Like <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, when all the Queen's crown stuff was happening yes. and all of that with the very lack of time that mm-hmm. they got. And I was going in from SmackDown to a live rampage, by the way, wasn't yeah. a taped rampage. And I was like, oh man, like, I just feel so defeated watching this and what we got, like a, we got two like minute and a half matches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, at least we can go into Rampage. And I'm like, at least we'll get, you know, at least a five, six, seven minute match. And Jade Cargill won in like 30 seconds. And I was like, mm-hmm. collectively over three hours of programming, there was like four minutes for women. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like this is just. And I understand that you have to build certain talent like Jade, who's pretty dominant and stuff like that. But like if you're that's the only woman's match you're presenting on the show. If that wasn't the only one, if there was another one that went for whatever time, I'd be okay with it. But that's the only two women you're seeing out of an hour long program. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. Like there's got to be more to this than just, oh, we're just presenting it in this way where ju- this woman has to be dominant. Like, well, then why can't you have I don't know, whoever you want wrestling another match? So at least we get that. Like, I don't know. It's just really, really, the timing of it was weird. And I'm just like, oh, is this where we're at? on a mainstream scale with women. Cause mm-hmm. I hope not. I really hope we're not you and me both love the, the divas era, but we don't want to progress back into those two <laughs> no. minute matches again, because that was not fun. And especially across the board, mainstream talent. It's the most talented it's ever been. There's never been more talent than we, what we have over the two major promotions with WWE and AEW in the women's division. There's never been more talent. And I don't know. I just don't have much interest in watching Jade Cargill, wrestle whoever and winning in 30 seconds and even opposed to like i don't have any interest in watching Dewdrop and Shayna baszler wrestle for two and a half minutes come on that come is on. a whole other discussion which oh, yeah. i'll probably discuss with uh stephanie hardy when we talk about wwe a little bit later in the episode but like i like we said we're hoping things have gotten a little bit better better than said other company we will say but there is hope with this tbs championship coming in 2022 that obviously the women get more time and hopefully it doesn't still get treated as kind of like an afterthought so yeah. we're getting we're headed in the right direction it's just fingers crossed that they continue making those small steps forward that's pretty much i think our takeaway <laughs> Yep, pretty much. I just want more. (laughs) 
pretty much. But Josh, thank you so much for joining me today as a part of the historic 200th episode of a Wrestling Gal podcast on the current state of AEW's women's division. No problem. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on 200. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. (laughs) Well, before I let you go too, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias and projects? Yeah, so you can find me at Josh Robinson underscore zero zero on Twitter. That's primarily where you'll find most of my content. I do stuff for Love Wrestling. If you don't know what Love Wrestling is, you probably know who Spencer Love is. He kind Mm -hmm. of has spearheaded this new thing. And I do a series called The Legacy Of, which I primarily focus on women's wrestlers and kind of give you a nice little background into their career and what I think about them. And I think it's a pretty good introduction to a lot of these women if you aren't familiar with them so you can check that out on, over on love wrestling's youtube other than that just on twitter you can find me and i'm uh, always having a i'm always having a laugh so if you want to just like a nice positive space come talk to me <laughs> although sometimes we can get pretty heated when we talk Ooh. about women's wrestling <laughs> yes yes very much so <laughs> very passionate but josh thank you so much for joining me today again it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back of course thank you anytime Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 200th special episode of a wrestling gal podcast, where today we are also here to talk all things WWE. And today I am not alone. I am here with the host of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and one of my co-hosts on Women's Wrestling Talk, Stephanie Hardy. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, I just came in from work. It's Friday, so it's cool. <laughs> it is. And, and like I said, we are here to talk about all things WWE, women's division, the current state of it, some of our critiques, some of our hopes for the future and everything encompassing the WWE women's division landscape right now. I also realize that there's main roster and NXT, but I feel like those are two kind of different conversations. So for now, I'll talk about the main roster. One highlight is definitely the number one woman on the PWI top 150 women's list, Bianca Belair, the EST of WWE. So that itself is amazing. Don't you think stuff? Oh, definitely. I was absolutely thrilled um, to find out that she was number one um, because of course I thought that number, I thought that maybe um, Deanna Perazzo um, from impact wrestling, um, the knock, champion was going to be number one due to her dominance um over the past year um but at the same time you could you can't really fight Bianca Belair's um influence on the culture um and also um her being a household name more now more so than ever and just the big year that she's had for someone who came up from the main roster, you know, in one year during the pandemic year. And it seemed like, you know, she was having a little bit of a slow start um, because we were all panicking because she got put on a main event. But then after that, you know, it seemed like they were just shooting her up to the moon after before the Royal Rumble. And then she won the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then after she won the whole thing, she proceeded to make um, more history um, by challenging Sasha Banks um, for the SmackDown Women's title, making them the first two Black women to ever main event at WrestleMania. Then she won said title (laughs) in an amazing match, which I believe should be a candidate for match of the year. For sure. Um, Definitely. And then even in her in her reign she was able to perform in front of a new audience with um their performance at rolling loud um which a lot of wrestling fans you know kind of 
didn't necessarily like all that much, but I liked it because I felt like, you know, as a person who does partake in hip hop culture and R&B culture, um, that was an important move for WWE to make um, because it exposed them to another audience. So I thought that was good. Um, and just in the sense of her continuing to being an, a great example for young black girls and even, you know, an inspiration to people like me, you know, it's just one of the most beautiful things to have witnessed her growth and to see her athletically become more sound than she, you know, than she even had been even in NXT. It just seems like she just continues to get better and better with each challenge that they place in front of her and her beating Bailey, the likes of Bailey and Carmella, who have made all kinds of history themselves. And even though she did lose controversially to Becky Lynch um, in such a terrible way because I, I still don't like it frankly um, I don't either yeah <laughs> I don't like it at all but it's just like she has a level of shine that you just can't take away e- even without the title her being EST will never change like that's just her it's a mindset it's it's her soul like it's just in inside of her so no matter what happens she's always going to be number one um in my book and number one in my heart and it's just great that she's number one on PWI so it's great Bianca has like been the most consistent woman in WWE over the last year we kind of talked about it on women's wrestling talk but honestly like with the absences of like Bailey for the second half of the summer Sasha Banks was out for four months Asuka's been out for about midsummer obviously Becky Lynch was gone for like a year and a half Charlotte was gone at the beginning of this year and then had like a couple weeks off so Bianca Belair has been the go-to woman to consistently week by week. And of course, leading up going into SummerSlam her she was plowing through everybody. And then obviously losing in that weird fashion at SummerSlam is still, I'm still shocked by it um, just because of everything she's accomplished. But I think she's definitely deserving of number one. I just feel like that moment though, at SummerSlam kind of halted her momentum and it was like to have her lose after making so much history like that is still like puzzling to me and a lot of other people but I think she's gained her footing since then obviously becoming number one contender Um, but unfortunately this past week at the time of recording this she lost two championship matches back-to-back events at Monday Night Raw and Crown Jewel but now she is going forward on the raw brand after the draft that is coming up this next week. She will be traveling to Monday night raw also traveling with Becky Lynch, who is going to be soon crowned the raw women's champion as it's been announced that Charlotte and Becky are going to be swapping titles. So assuming Bianca is now going to raw Becky's going to raw it's possible they can rekindle this rivalry um so there's a lot of moves happening coming up in this draft but I think definitely Becky and Bianca are going to be and maybe even Bliss Bliss is also still on raw if I believe correctly um so they're definitely I think going to be running the raw women's division yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And um even though and even though she did lose, it's just um she lost at Crown Jewel and everything, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she there's a level of strength that she still mm-hmm. has as an opponent because she did not take the pin. No. Um she didn't take the pin, even though the pin was egregious on Sasha Banks's part because she grabbed the bottom rope. <laughs> Becky grabbed the bottom rope. So it's just like there's a level of strength that Bianca still has because she didn't eat that pin so I am definitely looking forward to Bianca and Becky 
feuding for the Raw Women's title um, once they do do the switch because it's not over because Bianca is still not over that 26 second thing. Like when they faced each other at Extreme Rules in on Bianca Belair's gear, she had 26 on the back of it. And it's mm-hmm. just... Yeah, she had the number 26 sewn in the back of her top part. And to be honest, I know that she's not over it. So she's going to want to get revenge for for that loss. And with Becky Lynch looking as, you know, strong as she is and being the heel that she is, which is surprising to me, you know, it's going to be a great few. But I'm wondering if they're going to keep keep it going towards Survivor Series because we're here towards the end of October and going into November. So, I mean... I don't know if they'll necessarily like put it to the side or if they'll keep it going. Like, I don't know, but you know, that's true that going forward, obviously it's raw versus SmackDown coming up at survivor series. So I think maybe not right now. They won't have Bianca in the title picture as they build up, but afterwards there is no pay-per-view in December. So it's very likely that we can be seeing a Becky and Bianca truly like just one-on-one have that kind of, rematch and i think they're definitely going to be at the top of the raw women's division we also have the likes of like tamina carmella for the first time is going to be on the raw brand the first time in her main roster career um i know there's uh mia yim and also uh the queen the queen's crown zelina vega is also going to monday night raw so zelina vega defeated dewdrop at saudi arabia in the queen's crown tournament final so she is the official kind of queen of the ring so that is also huge for Monday Night Raw. But Steph, what do you think of Zelina being uh, the queen? I predicted it, first of all. <laughs> so <laughs> I did I. Say, yeah, we, I predicted it. And I'm just really happy that it went the way that I really figured it should have gone. Because I feel like since Zelina returned, and we talked about this last night, when um, when Zelina returned from having been released due to all that, you know, Twitch drama, or whatever it was, um, I was so happy that she was back because I knew how talented she was. Um, from me watching her be with Andrade and sort of interfering in those matches on his behalf, I always felt that there was something more that could be done with her, you know, as a single star. But, you know, she was so strong as a manager that I guess they never really like fed into it. And just right when they were about to feed into it, she got let go. But I'm really happy that she came back because there was so much that she had to offer athletically. And um, and I was just dreaming about all of the fuse that she could have had because she just has such a strong personality. Now, mind you, it felt like there were a lot of bumbles along the way because she had lost so many mm-hmm. matches and then having one match even snatched away from her during a very important weekend for her um, in terms of you know, being in New York during the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and having lost her father, which is a terrible situation. But at the same time, she could have performed and that would have been amazing, but they cut that match. And much to the chagrin of everybody, there was like a groundswell of support for her and other women um, who had, who basically had their time cut short. Liv Morgan and Carmella. Um, Naomi segment got cut too with Sonia, yeah. but they filmed that separately on Twitter. And I think yeah. Tony Storm too. It was supposed to be a tag match, I believe, that night. Yeah, it was. And because of that, it's like I guess they sort of saw that a lot of people were really, you know, pushing for more support for women who weren't on the title picture. 
So they decided to sort of, you know, put together Queen's crown as a means of giving the women more to do, which is great, you know, on paper. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, (laughs) on paper only matters so much when you get the actual, you know, solidified thing, the solidified product it didn't matter as much because the matches were super short. And I don't mean like 30 seconds short like they used to be, but they were still a minute to two minutes in comparison to your King of the Ring matches that were about maybe 10 to 15 minutes or maybe even 20 minutes, give or take, with the commercials, like say on Raw or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I thought that wasn't fair. No, it definitely was not. And I think... Yeah, of course, they're all about giving the people what they want. And I feel like they definitely did that in the King of the Ring tournament, which Xavier versus Finn Balor ended up being the finals. An amazing match where Xavier took home the crown. But we kind of talked about it like the women's time just got cut and cut and cut. And it was consistent throughout the whole tournament, like the opening round and the semifinals. And it's just like. I don't understand. Like we've come so far, but we've also regressed backwards so much. I feel like it's like, Oh, we'll give you one thing. And then it's like, Oh, and then they're going to like, we'll give you another thing to make it up. You know, like, like you said that nine 11 special, the women's match got cut as a tag team match, but then we did also get uh Liv Morgan and Carmella at extreme rules. Granted they were on the pre-show. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that might have been a way to, oh, we messed up. We're going to we're going to give you something, you know, but then they also regressed backwards again with the times of the women's matches where I think the longest between the two opening rounds was Natalia and Dewdrop, which was like two minutes and 41 seconds. When, like you Mm -hmm. said, a lot of them was a minute and a half to like two minutes and 40 seconds. So somewhere within there, and it's not enough time to get proper action and proper storytelling. And it really hurts a lot of your talent, especially some fan favorites like Liv Morgan and Tony Storm, who went in with a lot of hype behind them and a lot of people rooting for them behind them. I would understand if in the end, you know, they go in as the underdog and they have like this comeback story that gets ruined. But if that but that's that's one thing if it's told over like decent amount of time, it's one thing to have that squash in like a minute and a half where Carmela beat Liv Morgan and then Zelina beat Tony Storm in the opening round. But then also like I feel like a really person who was hurt by this too was Shayna Baszler because yeah. she came out the week before as uh Sonia Deville's like like you know tough force that Naomi Muscle, had to yeah. get through and then she loses in like a minute and a half to do drop it's like you're contradicting yourself yeah then on top of that you had Shayna Baszler also coming out on Raw and injuring people like her former partner Nia Jax and also <laughs> bullying Dana Brooke and um, and also injuring Eva Marie as well and low-key looking like she was going to bully Dewdrop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you made her look so strong, but then all of a sudden you just kind of like flop her to the side, um, not taking anything mm-hmm. away from Dewdrop, of course, no. but because um, Dewdrop slash Piper is amazing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just, you know, you just kind of plop somebody off to just lose like that quickly. And that just wasn't fair. Um, and it's just and it's like, you know, that some of these women, because we you know that some of these women have the capacity to go the limit past, you know, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Some of these women we have actually seen actively go past Shayna Baszler mark in a match. Exactly. Like she was the longest reigning NXT. Well, not the longest reigning, but, you know, she was a two time NXT mm-hmm. women's champion. 
And it's like, we've seen her, you know, go the distance with so many people. Um, and it's just not fair. It just feels like just wasn't handled as correctly as the men's King of the Ring tournament was. And as happy as I am that Zelina Vega is the queen, you know, and that she does have this opportunity mm-hmm. to make this queen character, you know, work for her, you know, and knowing that she's historically the first one, that's a great thing. But it's just the fact that historically you have WWE who gave this sort of like, hmm, this paper, it, it sort of like gave like this paper um, inclusion in this paper equality type thing, but didn't really put the gas, the true gas behind it. It's just frustrating when you have so many other companies that actually are, you know, putting gas behind their women. Impact. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like they just and they had a one night tournament Mm -hmm. with an all female pay-per-view where I think the shortest match was maybe nine minutes. Like, no, no. Obviously, the shortest match was um, Mercedes Martinez and Brandy Lord. But there was only one short match like and that was about three minutes, I want to say. And then the second shortest one was like nine minutes. So like nine to 20 minutes was normally the length for those matches in that tournament. Right. And it's just like you have, and then you also have NWA empower and the awesomeness that that was, you know, it's just like you have all these other companies putting so much behind their women and you have WWE who is known as who is basically, you know, the household name company that's out there and you have, you know, your women's, evolution going on but it only seems like the evolution only works for the women who are the four horse women and the stars who whose personalities are so big that they sort of they're not a part of the four horse women, mm-hmm. but their personalities are so huge that you can't ignore them like yeah. your Bianca Belairs and it's so and it's wonderful to have these you know cornerstones but at the same time what are you going to do with the women who aren't, who may not necessarily be a part of that cornerstone, but are still just as, but are still just as much talented, you know, if not more talented than those other women who we know as the cornerstones. It's not fair to them. It's like, you don't trust your future. Exactly. And if, like you said, like, it's, of course, we're happy for Zelina. And like, I feel like it fits her so perfectly. Like Mm -hmm. her as a heel queen is going to be so cool. But like you said, it's hard to overlook the times and the actual quality of the tournament. But you, you said that obviously like, you like they're overlooking their women when they, not everybody has to, or can be involved obviously in a, in a title picture. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you literally now have one team in the tag team division uh, the granted after the draft most teams got split up besides Carmella and Zelina which now that team is kind of dissolved since they butted heads in the semifinals so you're literally just down to the tag team champions on the main roster with Nikki ASH and Rhea Ripley so they're going to be doing a lot of scrambling to put some teams together which how why they split m- almost all of them up in the draft is still beyond me yeah and Shotzi, I mean, it's like you had Shotzi Blackheart and you had um, Tegan, Knox. Tegan Knox as a team, and they never really got their opportunity at the time. No, finals. and they pinned the champs and they three times. They the champions three times and never had their opportunity at the tag titles. But then you have Nikki ASH, you know, and Rhea Ripley, who got put together as a team after they lost to mm-hmm. Charlotte, who 
arguably I feel like was also a champion that didn't need to be crowned at SummerSlam too. Um, it was just like what the, it just felt like that was almost as much as I love Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. It's, it just felt like they sort of gave them the tag team titles as a um, consolation prize for having them lose the Raw Women's title so quickly to Charlotte, who doesn't need any more title reigns, in my opinion. But, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> and like how I I mean, I have some hope that they're going to rebuild because you do have like Mia Yim is now back on Raw, like Dewdrop is on Raw and then on SmackDown, you obviously have like Zia Lee got called up, Aaliyah, B-Fab mm-hmm. got called up, although she might be doing stuff with Hit Row. But like for the women's division, they called up some new people. And so obviously they're going to have to do some scrambling because you need some competition for your only tag team on the main roster. And granted, NXT is a whole different conversation. They have multiple sets for their women which is fantastic but main roster wise they are scrambling and the tag team division has dwindled down to literally one team natalia and tamina got broken up shotzi and Knox got broken up now obviously i don't foresee zelina and carmella tag teaming at all mm-hmm. um, i they kind of broke up a little inkling of Liv morgan because Liv is going to raw i believe um, and Tony is on SmackDown and correct me if I'm wrong. There's a lot of draft picks, yeah. um, but like just the tag team division on the main roster is they got to do something. Yeah. But, you know, I'm pretty sure they will considering everything with the draft, you know, goes into effect, yeah. you know, after crown jewel. So um, here's <laughs> hoping that they do actually, you know, create something, you know, for their tag, for their women's tag division. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay on the hopeful side of it all because that's, you know, tra- that's something that I try to do most of the time yeah. on my show um, is sort of talk about the positive parts of wrestling. So maybe the positive part out of all of this is with their new influx of, you know, women, um, along with the ones that were already on their main roster shows, that, that maybe they will start something new or maybe add another title because... Yeah, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> who who then though, um, between both brands, like I think I again, if my memory serves me correctly, I would really love like Mia Yim and Tegan Knox. I think Mia Yim, we have not seen on TV since the whole retribution stuff. And it's been about a year. I want to say late last year was the last time we saw her on WWE programming. So I think mm-hmm. they need to, and she's returning as Mia Yim, actually, which I'm super excited for. And mm-hmm. so I think they need to bring her back strongly. And so I think aligning her with Tegan Knox, who is another like fan favorite, would be cool. But who are some teams if they were to throw some together on the brands? Would you maybe actually like to see? Um, what show is Nia Jax on? Nia's is on Raw, I believe. Yeah, they broke up Shayna and Nia too. Shayna said it to SmackDown. Nia's on Raw. <laughs> okay, and you said Dewdrop is supposed to still be on Raw, right? I believe so. Yes, that's a team I would want to see. Naya and Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they're completely different because Naya is a heel and Dewdrop's yeah. a face. But I feel like them as a team, it's like whenever I see Dewdrop and whenever I see Naya, they're both sort of cut um, from the same cloth. Yeah. And I feel like they're, um, even though Piper is more of a, Piper slash Dewdrop is more of a um, technical, mm-hmm. she has more of a technical background yeah. with her wrestling. It's just like when you have her technicality and Naya Jack's powerhouse, um, attitude i feel like you just can't really go wrong with those two mm-hmm. as a team and maybe Shayna so, and sonia too maybe we've kind of we saw them work together in the handicap match maybe that's the beginning of something 
I don't know. Shayna's headed to SmackDown. I mean, Sonya is kind of still like a, a general manager, like official. So, I mean, I don't know. An evil general manager. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Naomi, yes. honestly. But um, talking about like the SmackDown side of things now, obviously you have Charlotte is going to be crowned the SmackDown Women's Champion after this title swap. And Sasha Banks, obviously, is also going to be at the forefront of this women's division. But I think... We also have Natalia on SmackDown. I think obviously a lot of we have a few veterans like Natalia, Charlotte and Sasha, but there's a lot of newer people, too, on there. Like Shotzi's on there. You have obviously Zia Lee, Aaliyah, B-Fab, Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. And there, of course, is a couple other people. But for the most part, it's newer faces being on SmackDown outside of Natalia, Charlotte and Sasha. So I think those three are definitely going to be leading the SmackDown division. Um, but what do you think? Um, I think, of course, you know, since Charlotte's going to be the champion, she's going to um, be at the forefront of that. But I definitely know that Sasha is more likely going to go after go after the title that oh, she yeah. lost. You know, at WrestleMania, never had a chance to really fight for and retain um, until Crown Jewel, of course. Um, I'm pretty sure she might fight for it. But then I also see Charlotte sort of telling her to go to the back of the line. Um, and we're, and we might see Sasha have to fight, you know, to get back up there and Charlotte might ask for like new competition. Ooh, I, Charlotte and Naomi would be enticing. Yeah, that would be enticing if Sonya Deville would let it happen. Yeah. Um, true, true. So, <laughs> so with, you know, the new talent that's up there, I mean, there are so many opportunities for Charlotte to have new feuds. Now her versus Tony w- would be amazing. Like that would be amazing athletically. And and then her versus Zia Lee wouldn't be bad either. But I'm wondering if they're going to let Zia Lee be um, be like the dominant Zia Lee that she was in NXT or just be another version of her. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think the biggest question mark I have is Aaliyah because she doesn't have any like allegiance going in like B-Fab already has the association with Hit Row. So I don't mm-hmm. think she might be doing anything with the women's division going in or maybe she will. I don't know yet. But then Zia Lee coming into you. We, we've seen her. We've seen her be dominant and have this really dark character. So I think you know a little bit what to expect. But the last we saw of Aaliyah on actual television was the breakup of the Robert Stone brand. So I have no idea how they're going to present her to a television audience yet on the main roster. Yeah, I was hoping that I, I was sad when Carmella left because Carmella went to um Raw. Yeah, because I felt like her and Carmella would have been perfect for each other mm-hmm. um, as a tag team. But then, you know, Carmella got drafted. So, you know, Aaliyah definitely is a wild card. But I am proud of her for actually, you know, being called up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. She had been in NXT for a long time. Yeah, since 2015, I believe. Yeah. So it's so. been a it's been a long time. But I mean, oh, we have no idea really what's gonna happen until this draft fully gets started off. But I think the SmackDown side is definitely going to be based around Charlotte and Sasha, assuming that they go for the title, but then they have to put some tag teams together too. Um, I think definitely we're going to be getting the continuation of Naomi and Sonya and obviously Shayna's on SmackDown now. So uh, Sonya could maybe use Shayna as her shield, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're going to have to do some scrambling to put some tag teams together. And what's going to be next for Shotzi? Are they going to put Shotzi and Tony together? I don't really know yet. Nobody knows. There's a lot of uncertainty. 
I kind of want to see Shotzi by herself. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I feel like she has so much charisma, you know, that she could she could stand on her own on the main roster if they, you know, if they really just truly let her unleash her wild side. She's so she's so amazing. I love her. Yeah. And of course, we can't forget, obviously, about NXT as well, which has had fairer success in their booking their women's division. Obviously, you also have the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships on the line next week at the time of recording this at Halloween Havoc. But you actually have multiple women's tag teams vying for this. You obviously have Toxic Attraction with JC Jane, and Gigi Dolan and Mandy Rose. But then you also have Indy Hartwell and Portia Parada um, and then you have Zoe Stark and Indy, uh, sorry, and then you have Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. So you actually have some tag teams and you also have people in the NXT women's championship picture with Mandy Rose now back down in NXT, kind of with this reinvented character going after Raquel Gonzalez. So I will say though, that I'm pleasantly been surprised um, with NXT's booking of their women. It's definitely better than the main roster, I would say. Yeah, um, I feel like NXT's women's division has always been sort of like their shining, their their crown, their their crown jewel. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, yeah. Their crown jewel. You know, their women's division has always been, you know, a one ever since they've been. They fully invested in it from the start, mm-hmm. and because they fully invested in their women's division from the start, there's always the expectation that it's going to deliver. Now, I know a lot of people have been. We talked about the tag division in NXT a little bit, but I want to talk about the women, the women's championship sure. picture. I know a lot of people on um, social media on my side that I've seen feel a certain type of way about Mandy Rose, you know, yeah. being the main person gunning for the NXT women's championship against Raquel Gonzalez. Um I'm not opposed to it myself personally, because I feel like she, since she's been on NXT as a single star, I feel like she has definitely, you know, buffed out some rough places in her athleticism and in her arsenal. And I always felt like she was always athletically sound, but there was, but there was something kind of off about her a little bit in later years. Mm -hmm. But now that she's gone back to NXT and sort of trained and gotten a little bit better, I feel like I can sort of get behind her you know, being the one to go after Raquel because, I mean, Raquel has basically ran through everybody, (laughs) but she hasn't had a chance to really, you know, match up with Mandy Rose in this sense because you've never seen those two fight. But I feel like a lot of people continuously underestimate Mandy because of her looks. And I feel, and I feel like we should be past that point now. It's like 2021. Just because you're beautiful doesn't mean you can't knock a, knock a person out so exactly <laughs> almost almost said something wrong but uh <laughs> like it doesn't mean knock a bitch knock- out exactly <laughs> you can like that's that exactly what i was gonna say yeah. but i just didn't want to say it um just because you're beautiful doesn't mean you can't fight and yeah. i feel like a lot of people always had this misconception about her even dating back to tough enough where her and sonya you know first connected and became best friends and all that even with tough enough there were a lot of the women who felt like oh well she she's not this because she's pretty or she's only getting this treatment because she's pretty. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that if that were the case, then she would have had more opportunities than she was given when she first got to the main roster because of her looks. And that's not the case anymore. Like the women to WWE's credit, they don't let women just run through a whole division and win titles just because they're beautiful anymore. Like that's not the case now. So a lot of people saying that it's just kind of, you know, it's, I feel like that's the wrong 
assessment to make about her or anybody. Um, so I feel like Mandy Rose deserves a little bit more um, credit than a lot of people give her in terms of her athleticism. Now, if she will actually beat Raquel, you know, we don't, that's, that's hard to say because Raquel yeah. is a powerhouse yeah. and she's very dominant. But at the same time, to say that Mandy Rose doesn't deserve this opportunity, you know, is kind of the wrong thing to say. And I just feel like she deserves a little bit more credit than a lot of people give her. I definitely agree. And whether Mandy is the one to take the title off of Raquel, we don't know yet. Again, maybe they'll surprise us and she will be. But like you said, Raquel has been plowing through everybody like she's plowed through Frankie Monet, obviously, Io Shirai and like a bunch of other people. But Dakota we've also Kai. Dakota Kai, which <laughs> where is Dakota Kai? Like I don't the, know. the last time we really saw her, I mean, we had that NXT Women's Championship match where she fell short and then she's had a couple dark matches for SmackDown, but she wasn't called up in the draft. And so she's kind of in this purgatory between NXT and the main roster where like I feel like they would have drafted her if she was going there. And so is she going back to NXT? We don't know yet. Where in the world is Dakota Kai? I mean, we do yeah. have some free agents that weren't drafted, but I think since you saw some people who are working those dark matches like Aaliyah and Zaylee go to the main roster, it leaves a bit of uncertainty with Dakota Kai, who was also running those same dark matches. Right. But then you also have to think about also the fact like it makes me, you know, it's so funny you say that. That makes me think about how you remember how Charlotte and Becky and Sasha were all brought up in 2015. Yeah. And Bailey was left behind, even though she was oh my God. champion at the time. Yeah. And how they sort of, you know, fashioned the NXT uh, women's division around her. Maybe, maybe, you know, Dakota Kai is, may is probably cooking something up to maybe debut as a surprise, or maybe, you know, she's going to take over NXT just like um, Bailey did, even without the title. So I don't know, maybe that's just my hopeful way of thinking about it. But I'm but the way that you said that just made me think about how Bailey was, you know, mm -hmm. left behind and how everybody was like, oh, my God, where's Bailey? But then she got brought up later and then everything worked out. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think at this point, it's she would have been called up in that draft. So I think it's maybe safe to say that she'll be doing something in, in NXT because I think that WWE um, six is successful by featuring Dakota Kai because she's beloved by a lot of people and she definitely draws ratings. Um, whether Dakota goes back after Raquel, I feel like there's some unfinished business there. So it's possible. But where in the world is Dakota Kai? We don't know yet. Yeah, um, where's she at, though? And yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, though, that NXT has been featuring a lot of new faces like Ivy Nile, a part of the Diamond Mind, obviously, Cora Jade, Saray. There's been um, Lash Legend has also been drawing a lot of people into NXT. And so it's cool that NXT women are getting multiple segments outside of a championship picture. We're actually seeing some in-ring competition, which right. is super cool. And then you have a couple factions and tag teams. And of course, Mandy right now and Raquel going at it for the title. But NXT, I would say, has... Um, higher like there's higher hopes and higher trust in the nxt women's division at least from on a consistent basis there's a lot of uncertainty going into this main roster after draft effects but we'll see what happens yeah we will but i do have a question for you sure though. do you feel like the promotion of nxt 2.0 is sort of leaning heavily into the women being more um um 
I guess, risque or more, you know, have more sexuality behind it in terms of how they advertise it in the commercials? I honestly can't answer that really because I have not yet watched a full episode of NXT 2.0. Like I was telling you, um, I normally work Tuesday nights, so I can only tell mm-hmm. from watching like after the fact or seeing things from Twitter. But I have, um, I mean, what are what are they saying in these advertisements? Okay, they're not really necessarily saying anything. Okay. But I, but I think um, when we were, when I was with um, TK Trinidad, and shout out to her, our fearless leader for women's wrestling talk, we were doing the watch along for Extreme Rules and they showed a commercial that was centered upon the women because there were a lot of women's um, matches one night. Yeah. And they had a commercial saying it was ladies night and there were a lot of zooming in on lips and of mm. course the kissing for Indy and Dexter yeah. and then a lot of. You know, of course, they had shots of Raquel Gonzalez with the title and her, you know, flexing with her back and everything like she does. Um, But there was a lot of um, Mm. shots that would give off the impression that they were sort of leaning into sexuality, but not so much so to the point of what they're used to do in the Attitude Era. And um, there were a few people who noticed it. And I know TK noticed and I noticed it as well. Um, But at the same time, it was not so much so to the point to where you could find it offensive, offensive, like it used yeah. to be. But at the same time, when when you think of NXT, you don't normally think of that no. type of advertisement at all. It might be just thing with WWE to promote their stuff with the the cliche sex sells, you know, gimmick mm-hmm. going on. So it might be that. I don't think that they really show that though in their actual like women's division so it might just no. be an advertisement to try to draw people in i don't think that they actively obviously they don't do it as much anymore like the sexual element all the time but there's definitely some sex appeal obviously with like some characters like a mandy rose who you know who is known as the golden goddess and so i think it maybe certain characters they base around the whole sexy thing but i think overall they there has definitely been placed more prominence and value on like the in-ring competition and like the fierceness and dominance of the women mm-hmm. um so i mean i mean obviously some characters are going to be pushed as that i think because this it's just the cliche sex sells thing you know but i think definitely more emphasis has been placed on actual in-ring quality at least yeah, in NXT. Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And especially now. And it's, it's so funny. You call Mandy the golden goddess. She's she's the bodacious brunette now. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that is true. I love her as a brunette, though. I like it. I like it. It brings her. It's, it brings out her facial features more. It does. And she, it, she doesn't it, look bad as a brunette. I like it. I find it too ironic that like her idol is Trish Stratus and Trish Stratus, too, had a brunette phase, too. So maybe it's an homage to that. I don't know. But Steph, to wrap things up, where can all the people find you on all your social medias? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, And I'd just like to say that I feel like the women's division um, is in a transitional period, but I'm pretty sure, you know, they will figure it out and everything will be fine. Um, We hope. (laughs) We we hope. Um, But you can find me, Stephanie Hardy, um, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen. Steph Hardy, that's S-T-E-P-H-H-A-R-D-Y, just like the Hardy Boys. Um, and you can follow my show, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, um, on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy WrestlePod. And you're also um, a little commentator for the Belladonna's division, which, yes. again, we're all about women's wrestling here. So that's super exciting, too. 
Yes, I'm a commentator for the Belladonna division, which is the first all female, um, uh, the first all female promotion in Alabama. So it's really great. And I'm really proud to be a part of it. Amazing. So our main takeaways is there's a lot of ups and downs in the WWE women's division as of late. Obviously, a big high is Bianca Belair was crowned the number one woman on the top 50 on the top 150 women's list. Um, we have some draft picks going into effect. There's some uncertainty where Dakota Kai is going, where this women's tag team division is going on the main roster. NXT has been flourishing. So it's definitely a lot of ups and downs. So that's basically our main takeaways, I would say, on the current state of wwe and again steph thank you again so much for being a part of the special 200th episode of a wrestling gal thank you so much for having me and congratulations thank you hello everybody welcome back to the 200th episode special on the current state of women's wrestling and today right now i am joined by the host and creator of its samira interviews and correspondent for SC Scoops and Wrestling News Co., my good friend, Samira. So how are you doing today? I am doing good. It's just too cold out here. I'm not I'm not for that. <laughs> I'm here for it. I will gladly take it. But yeah, the last time me and you saw each other in person was at uh, NWA Empower, which perfectly leads us into today. I will be talking about NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance and MLW, the Major League Wrestling with you today, specifically on the current state of their women's division. So Samira, do you kind of have a preference of what we talk about first today? How about can we go back? Because I really <laughs> want to go back to NWA sure. weekend. That was awesome. Somebody make a time machine and send this. Oh, there. my God. I can't <laughs> believe that it's literally been two months. It literally does not feel like that whatsoever. I know. So, like, obviously, like the National Wrestling Alliance, their women's division kind of got not reinvented, but I feel like really rejuvenated through NWA and power. And I guess that was really the start. And, and now on their regular show power, every fourth power of their show is an empowered power where the women are featured primarily. So it's super, super cool that since empower, there's been a lot of focus drawn to their women. And so obviously I feel like NWA empower was really the beginning of the true shift we've seen to a true focus and value placed on their women. But what do you think? I definitely agree. I feel like it was like a step up to, for everybody, not just themselves, but for all the other promotions. Like, hey, take a look and do better for your women's division. And I uh, hope that like set the tone for what like all these other companies should do. But I'm glad that the NWA is like, you know, focusing more on it and like really took it seriously and gave, you know, them the, the platform that they did to have that pay-per-view because it was it was really amazing. It really was. It was. And obviously the NWA women's world champ is Camille, who has had multiple title defenses against the like of Layla Hirsch, Chelsea Green, Kenzie Page, and of course, uh, Serena Deeb, who she won the championship from. And so Camille really is now the focal woman in NWA. And she's still fairly new, but I feel like she's been on a steady rise and has really plowed through all of the competition that has been put in front of her. And of course she is involved with strictly business that actually just kind of kicked Nick all this to the side, but it's cool to see her involved in really not only the forefront of the women's division, but also in a cool faction, I think. Yeah. Cause I feel like 
uh, as of late in some factions you really don't see a lot of women with men anymore like only like here and there you Mm -hmm. see so that was really cool like to have her like that and like you know I I like it because they were all champs you know Mm -hmm. and like I I thought that was like so cool I was here for it they just like how they were that was awesome so but you know her and Melina not taking a good liking to each other that is true. That is very true. <laughs> but it's cool, too, that I think Camille, like, obviously, when a female is involved with, like, a male faction, the female is, I feel like sometimes the spot, like, they lose their spotlight or they're kind of seen as an afterthought or, like, a manager or whatever. But it does not feel that way with Camille. Like, she is the women's champion, and a lot of times she's speaking for them a lot of the time. It doesn't feel like she's an afterthought. It feels like she is a primary part of the faction, and she also has her set stand-aside separate separate accomplishments as well so that I'm enjoying very much too yeah I 100% agree like she you know holds her ground and she she can kick ass she really can and you don't want to double cross her like or you know look past her because she she could get you yeah and you mentioned Melina who is also another member of the NWA women's roster alongside the likes of like Sky Blue Taryn Terrell Genocide Kylie Ray um there, there's a lot of up-and-coming talent in there and I mean even Velvet Sky is on commentary and we've seen Kenzie Page in there a lot and I feel like Tootie Lynn has also really been showing up and showing out at NWA on the Power episode she's been getting more reps in too so I it's good to see that the NWA seems to be expanding their women's division too because it would really only be the same people oh and of course the the NWA women's tag team champions Marty Bell and Allison K the Hex but it's cool that I feel like NWA over the last year really since the beginning of this year has been expand slowly expanding their roster yeah we're seeing the likes of as well uh Paula Mayfield mm-hmm. or Blaze I believe she's going as you know joining with the genocide and Taryn it's been interesting to see you know her in NWA and I think she's doing a great job and I remember when we spoke with her at, um you know the the signing or you know what they're signing after empower you know and her saying you know she only had like a few matches before she had come here and that like really shows she seems very dedicated and wanting to do this so you know good for her she's been doing a great job I'm really excited, too, because, I mean, at the time of recording this, this is coming out next week, but we're recording this just before the upcoming NWA tapings. And so I feel like once we get through there and see what's going on there, are we going to see more of Paula Blaze? Are we going to see more of Tootie Lynn and everything going on? It's going to be interesting to see who is featured not only like just after the St. Louis tapings, but now going forward this weekend, who's going to be more consistently featured? And of course, Sky Blue has also been a really huge and nwa as well so i think going forward they definitely seem to be bringing in people and then giving them cool opportunities consistently and of course i mean we also have to talk about the growing tag team division which the hex became the first nwa women's tag team champions in a long time after those championships were reprised at nwa empower and so what do you think of the hex now as the tag team champions i think it's amazing like i just want to see you know, more for them because they are a great team. Uh, So the Hex will be also defending their championships coming up outside of NWA, actually with Ring of Honor, where both of them obviously have, were in the, um, were in the Ring of Honor women's 
title tournament this past summer, but now they will be defending their championships against, again, at the time of recording this, the allure in Mandy Leon and Angelina Love. And so I feel like it's a cool mix of veterans, obviously uh, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor ground, but it's cool again to see that forbidden door kind of opens between NWA and Ring of Honor now. So that's going to be, I think, really, really special. I think that's like amazing. Like, as you say, that like the door has been open. I feel like ever since we had gotten empowered, the door, like the forbidden door was open for companies as well. Cause we saw like AEW come in, we saw ROH come in, we saw like people from different promotions come into this. And I feel like that's amazing. Like, then we get to see all these matches that we didn't think we were going to see before because everybody was on like a different promotion. So it's cool to see this forbidden door being open so we can have that kind of stuff. Yeah. And of course, the Forbidden Door has been open really, obviously, like earlier this year, over the past year with like Serena Deeb going over to AEW and then vice versa and then Thunder Rosa from NWA to AEW and like vice versa. But it's cool now, obviously, NWA and power they brought people in. But even beyond that, now they still have a lasting relationship um, with Ring of Honor with a bunch of people who have been in both companies and it's a seeming partnership maybe with Maria Canales. Maybe that has something to do with it, but it's cool seeing companies work together and share their talent and take those championships outside. And I think really high caliber championship opportunities. Oh, definitely. And like you just said, like we're going to see NWA and basically ROH because we got mm-hmm. the hex and the allure. So that will definitely be interesting. So I can't wait to see that. And I feel feel like another plus of NWA is the diversity and like their experience levels, because obviously you have veterans like Taryn Terrell and Melina and even like Allison Kay and Marty Bell. And then you have some newer faces like Lady Frost, Sky Blue, Kenzie Page, Paula Blaze, obviously even Genocide, too. She's really, really been dominating like everywhere she goes, even like in Mission Pro and on the indies. And so it's cool to have those factions. Like you said, we have Taryn Terrell aligned with Genocide and Paula blaze so it's cool to kind of see like the um the experience levels and generational representation in those and camille again is a little bit newer and tootie lynn is a little bit newer to television so it's cool that they have that great mix i think of experience yeah definitely then it helps like then the younger and they get to learn from them and i think that's like awesome because then we like we got to see that like you know at empower and then the power tapings like we got to see all that and like talk to some of them and like it's just amazing to see everybody like like especially nwa because we got to see it firsthand of how much everybody like really like gets along with each other and i love that i loved seeing that like it's just it's just so amazing like you know, seeing like the, them all work together and, you know, you know, I just wish all the best for all of them because they're just so amazing. <laughs> now, what are your hopes for the future of the NWA women's division? Oh, I definitely want another Empower because oh. that first one was just so amazing. All those women put on a great show. And like you were saying, just the diversity that, you know, they all brought in, like they from different cultures, like uh, like ethnicities mm-hmm. and sexual orientation background mm-hmm. and like like your um gender like I love that every because it, wrestling is for everybody and I felt like that perfectly captured it like bringing everybody it was just so amazing I loved it so I I hope for another um empower hopefully next year if they're if they're doing the look one 
like to look to do one just every year um you know i'd love to see them main event something like if like a really really cool match like i don't know i i could see a lot happening for nwa for the women's division and i love how they're just pushing forward with it and it's cool to see like multiple granted power is relatively short it's like maybe an hour long but it's cool to see every like uh every fourth power is an empowered power which primarily features the women and so i think now that camille has plowed through everybody so i'm just really wondering if this she's been champion i believe since june if I'm correct. And so assuming she goes, walks into 2022 as a champ, that's a good six month run at that point. And then it's like, who takes the championship off of her again? We might be seeing some steps after these tapings that are coming up that we don't know the results for yet. Will a new star emerge from there? Perhaps. I mean, Tootie Lynn got invited at the St. Louis tapings, but she's also invited for these upcoming tapings. And apparently there's an event coming up in Atlanta in December, if I'm correct. And so, I mean, Tootie Lynn, I feel like seems to have a lot of trust and a good relationship with uh, NWA. So maybe Camille's next really primary opponent might be Tootie Lynn. But again, we don't really know the trajectory right now of the women's championship, but it's cool to see another title like the tag team championships really get a cool spotlight like outside of um nwa too obviously with that relationship with ring of honor too i know we're focusing on the women like you said but Mm -hmm. like how you're saying like we get to see it out of you know nwa and speaking of nwa like the the actual tag team champions la rebellion is uh faced uh, i don't think it was for the title but they faced uh i believe it was the AEW tag team mm-hmm. champions like before how cool was that like you know mm-hmm. i love that like I, like i said i really love this forbidden door and and they get to face anybody and that's just amazing to me but yeah i'm I'm very excited in uh, like the direction that nwa is going in with their women's division and i hope it only goes up from there And of course, this transitions into our next division, the MLW Major League Wrestling Women's Featherweight Division, as it's been called, which Samira, you've actually gotten to see a bit of this division live in person. Again, it was kind of just spearheaded earlier this summer. It was just announced that the co-founder of Shimmer, which is one of the most popular all-women's promotions ever, Dave Prezak, is going to relaunch its women's division and we've seen the likes of Brittany Blake, Holiday, Nicole Savoy, the Sea Stars, Willow Nightingale, Zoe Sky, and a few others really emerge at the forefront of this division. But Samira, you've actually gotten to see this division live. So what are some of your takeaways so far from this relaunch? Oh my gosh, it's been really exciting to see it because I remember like when they first did it back in July, they did mm-hmm. the tapings first in July um, for Philly. And um, that was ex- extremely like exciting to see because i remember i saw like willow nightingale and the sea stars and Brittany blake that was there they were there first uh at that show and then when i went back a couple weeks ago i believe they were here and um they had then you know like you said nicole savoy and holly dead we got and i got to see more of them and i was like oh my god like this is so cool so i'm excited to see if they'll you know will they bring any more women into the the company i would that would be very exciting to see but the the ones they have oh my god they're all so amazing it was very exciting to see and then all the fans get excited for them so i'm glad that they brought them in or in like you know are doing a women's division because before we had you know before she left we had selena de la renta and now we have like alicia too who's like 
seems to be stepping into more of a you know more than just a backstage role as we saw like her with you know Richard Holiday and mm-hmm. you know everything that was going on there so it's exciting to see what what's happening with her as well so it's cool to see like then in MLW for women to get more like of a role there and I feel like too it's cool that they brought in I feel like a lot of familiar faces like Nicole Savoy we've obviously seen in the Mae Young Classic and on AEW during that women's tournament a couple years ago and then we've also seen her a lot in Shimmer and Rise and of course the sea stars Ashley Vox and Delmi Exo who really rule like the Boston Massachusetts area with a lot of work in Chaotic and of course Limitless and Shimmer but they're kind of diverging now on a kind of sing each of them are kind of on a singles run now so that's going to be cool and of course willow nightingale who's been featured on ring of honor and again aew we've seen her a few times in of course shimmer and now mlw so it's cool that they're bringing in some familiar faces from like just to saying like televised stuff but then there's also like britney blake and holiday and zoe sky who are really really huge and i think well respected on the indies and so starting out i feel like this is a really really solid and again really diverse group of women to be starting out this relaunch yeah, definitely. I was very excited to see all of them when back in July and then, you know, to see Holly dead and um, Nicole's avoid at the last tapings. It's very exciting. I'm just like so excited for what's planned and like obviously them coming like I said in July I was so excited and then for the additions of Nicole Savoy and Holly Dead at the last tapings and you know we also saw Carly Perez come out which was very exciting I don't know if that's her last name now or is it Leilani I hope I'm you know saying this all right but yeah she she had come I don't know what her role will specifically be within MLW so that will be exciting to see um you know I hope for you know more women to come in the division because you know, MLW is really stepping up here. They're coming back to Philly in a couple of weeks and then they will be in NYC in December. So that's like a huge thing. You know, they are traveling a lot of places. So, you know, I just hope they keep stepping up. They have a lot of diversity in their roster. So who knows what this all could mean? I'm excited to see what more will come from them. Maybe, you know, tag team titles. Are we going to get a a title? Like I will be very excited to see what direction they are going to go in. I think the first step is definitely, I don't know if it would be called the women's featherweight championship or the featherweight championship. I think the first step before we even think about tag team titles or secondary title, they need to get a primary championship. And I think right now that's what that's eight women. That's definitely enough to in your division to be able to base like a title champion, like even, even you could just do an eight woman tournament. Like that is already written right there for you. I feel like. Yeah, I know they haven't announced anything as of yet so mm-hmm. far, but I think that would definitely be the first step. I can't remember. Did they do a tag team match? I don't I don't think they've done any tag team matches that I can't remember at the moment because I just keep remembering. I think all it's been sing- all singles competition. Yeah, it's been usually all singles match competition. So maybe that's what they're going to take the direction in so far. So hopefully they'll announce something soon about a title if that's what they want to do, which I hope that they do. And hopefully they'll bring in more women just to maybe hopefully like a couple more fits what they that they're planning for because they are bringing in some new people that we saw, you know, we saw Alex Shelley and Bobby Fish had come for a time and then we're going to see Will Ospreay in December. So they are constantly bringing 
in and out new people. So it'd be exciting for them to do the same with the women. Like we said, the forbidden door is open. So it'd be cool to see more of these women, like from also NWA. We saw Tootie Lynn. Tootie Lynn could make her presence there. Mm-hmm. We could see a lot of people come in that maybe it'll be just a surprise. So hopefully that's the direction that they plan to go in. I think we also should note the possibility of uh, their backstage correspondent Alicia Toot who has recently kind of made her in-ring debut with the former MLW representative Selena De La Renta. So Alicia now has some wrestling experience in her bones. So I think we can't rule out the possibility of Alicia making her in-ring debut in MLW. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Alicia's having a whole storyline right now with True. Richard Holiday mm-hmm. and Cesar Duran, you know, that whole thing going on. Uh, I'm not sure if Alicia wants to wrestle. I, you know, I've talked to her. Maybe, maybe she will. Maybe she will. I mean, um, she has filmed matches against Selena De Laurentiis, so she now has some experience. But we'll see. Yeah, I've talked to her. You know, when I saw her, and she's, and I, you know, she was banged up, but she, she was happy. You know, mm-hmm. happy that she did it, and you know, got to, you know, see that side of the wrestling. You know, because we were, because we're on the other side of wrestling with mm-hmm. like holding the mics and doing all that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm not sure if she'll want to join the women's division. That'd be cool to see. You know, that that would be an interesting way. Alicia, to, you know, hop in. it's what the people want. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so cool. But yeah, I but that's cool though. Then you know she's like in a sense a part of you know the women's you know broadcast division, and that's cool that they're giving her more of a role in the company that she gets to do more. Because like I said, she's having that thing with Richard Holiday and Cesar Duran. Like she knocked the champagne glass out of his hand on Fusion the other night. So but yeah, so they're giving her like a bigger role as we're seeing now on Fusion Alpha. So that's very exciting. I wonder where they're gonna take her in that storyline so i'm excited to see that me too i feel like too it shouldn't be forgotten that obviously with the um spearheadedness or leader of dave prazak with shimmer shimmer is also returning coming up on halloween and there is a lot a lot of women talent announced for that like kimberly high on Charlie Evans, Alice Crowley, uh, Billy Starks, Nicole Savoy, Mercedes Martinez, and there's just a lot more. So I feel like it wouldn't be too shocking after the Shimmer event to see maybe some of the talent on that card maybe make an MLW debut. I mean, they do have eight solid women based in their roster right now, but if they want to bring in some more, I feel like Dave already has a obviously a alliance with shimmer because he's the co-founder so i i wouldn't rule out a possibility to have more of a shimmer and mlw crossover too yeah hopefully that they do definitely bring in more women and then they can establish a title i really hope that happens because like that's the next step we need a title I know. So they're getting their foot off the ground so far in great competition and featuring their women more. But now, now I think the next the next steps is obviously a championship. So I think that is hopefully likely in the near future. I think that's really necessary to kind of relaunch this women's division. But there's no doubt that this group of women so far is so talented and really diverse in their looks and their experiences and like just their exposure. So I'm super excited for the future of MLW. It's in good hands and Dave Prazak as running the one of the most popular women's divisions in the world in shimmer. So I feel like the future is really looking bright for MLW. 
Definitely. 100%. Now, Samira, before I let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias? Yes. So on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, you'll find me at the it's Samira literally with t-h-e-i-t-s-s-a-m-i-r-a I know a lot of people just type in like Samira or something and I always have to be like no you have to add the it's I I, I know I'm like <laughs> not <laughs> I know it sounds weird but yeah and then if you want to just follow me on everything there's just I have a website with Linktree with the same thing Linktree or whatever it is how you do Linktree and the it's Samira and I'll give you all my links to find me on everything and YouTube, obviously. YouTube.com slash It's Samira. That's where all my interviews go. And, like, clips of interviews with I, when I do interviews for, like, obviously for SC Scoops and Wrestling News Code. That's where you'll find short clips that will lead you to the big interviews on their channels. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Samira, to be a part of the 200th episode. You were a part of the first ever episode of Arresting Else. It's only right that you're here for episode 200 as well. Thank you so much. Yay. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) At the time of recording this, my birthday is coming up too. Oh, yeah. There's that too. Um, But yeah, Samira, it's been an absolute pleasure. And of course, you are the perfect person to talk about NWA with because we just went to NWA Empower, of course, in the first night of tapings. And of course, you've been to MLW like a couple times now. So you've gotten to see it live. So again, thank you so much for being a part. Send us back. Send us back right Right. now. (laughs) Somebody honestly, like, just just send us there. Like, oh, I can't wait. My favorite, as I remember this, as I say this, is when we thought I was going to have to get on that plane earlier in the day. (laughs) And it turns out I didn't. And we were asking everybody to help us to get me stay another day and help me pay. What was it like? $400 to stay another day. (laughs) And then it just worked out. So you got to go to the first night of tapings with me. It was fate, everybody. It was fate. It was. We'll have to tell the full story sometime. We haven't even had like a full NWA breakdown. I mean, you've had your... um, obviously oh my god what is it called vlog but i feel like we haven't had a proper like talking breakdown of it. oh my god we need to do like i feel like what we need to do is at the end of the year we need to record something about yeah. like oh that would be awesome it was but samira we definitely will so that's a little sneak peek thank you for joining me today again samira and also on also the longest episode of a wrestling gal ever i'm betting that this is going to be about three hours long honestly oh my god (laughs) oh my god thanks guys and we're on to the next topic which is muscle man malcolm and i will be covering the ring of honor women's division so we'll be right back happy halloween Welcome back, everybody, to the 200th episode special of a wrestling gal podcast, talking all things on the current state of women's wrestling. You guys can't see him right now, but he's doing a little round of applause here. He is no stranger to a wrestling gal. He is the greatest wrestling YouTuber of all time and also a jobber, apparently. Uh, He is a muscle man, Malcolm. So hello. How are you today? Well, I'm not a jobber for one, but I'm doing well. How are you? I just, I just said a, a, allegedly, apparently. So, I mean, oh. I don't know. Allegedly. Okay, whatever. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic to be here. And also, again, thank you so much for being part of this, I guess, historic 
edition yeah. of a wrestling gal, literally the longest episode ever and the most comprehensive. But today we are here to talk about the Ring of Honor women's division with you, who I know you are a super big fan of. So, I mean, you are the right person for this one. So obviously Ring of Honor kind of reprised their women's division over this last year. They were set to do that last year, but the pandemic kind of stopped that. So really starting right around WrestleMania season and, and then all throughout the summer, like women's division Wednesday returned. And then they announced the uh, ring of honor women's world championship tournament where Roxy and Miranda Alizé made it all the way to the finals where Roxy, the prodigy of Texas, who is also a new Texas pro women's champion at the same time. She is the inaugural Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. So first of all, this tournament, Malcolm, was absolutely incredible. But what are your thoughts? I mean, there are so many talented people in that tournament. Like it could have gone to anyone, but I am happy it went to Roxy, obviously, because like she deserves it. She's young. Uh, It's good for the division to have her as like your first champion, kind of. Um, But yeah, they made a right call and they definitely had a lot of great women in that tournament. It's glad to see that a lot of them are also getting signed to Ring of Honor as well. Yeah, in this tournament, I feel like we definitely had a good mix of like veterans like Sumi Sakai, Angelina Love, Allison K, Marty Bell. But then you have some newer ish faces, maybe to like mainstream or television audience like Miranda yeah. Alize and, and Roxy and uh, maybe maybe even Alex Gracia, even though Alex has been everywhere, too. She's been an AEW. Um, wow. She's been um, at WWE a few times for tryouts. So she's also no fit, no stranger to it. Um, and then Trisha Dora, obviously, and Max the Impaler and, and Amy Rose. There was a lot of familiar faces, but some new faces. I will say I was actually going into this finals um, at Death Before Dishonor, like fully convinced, rooting for Roxy, of course, but fully convinced that it would be Miranda Alizé because Roxy was the youngest in the tournament and is now obviously the youngest champion ever in the history of Ring of Honor. I I didn't know what direction they were going in, but I was pleasantly surprised to see Roxy really rise above the ranks. And Maria Canales obviously saw something in here that a lot of us did, and she won the whole thing. So I think that was super huge for Ring of Honor. Yeah, no, it's absolutely huge. I mean, just looking at some of the people, though, like Trisha Dora, I mean, that's like a DC person. That's Mm -hmm. my people. So just loving to see like everyone getting signed because like there's so many opportunities nowadays for like your ring of honors, NWA, MLW, yada, 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 for people to like get signed to actually make a living in wrestling. So to see Roxy do it at such a young age, basically our age, if not younger, uh, it's a little sad for me just sitting here at she college. She turns 20 in a few weeks at the time of recording this. Yeah. She turns 20. I thought she was already like 22. Nope. Oh my goodness. She turns, wow. she's 19 right now, turning 20 in a couple weeks at, in mm-hmm. November. I'm going to add that to another reason to like dislike my life. Wow. Awesome. Good for her. <laughs> it's crazy that like I am super, super proud of her and really, really advocated her for her. Obviously, like on the PWI, she ranked at number 28. She yeah. like has held four different championships during this evaluation period and is now holding two championships at once. It should be noted, too. So she just won this at the beginning of September. She has already had three title defenses outside of Ring of Honor against Killer Kelly, Laney luck at warrior wrestling and now promise braxton at reality of wrestling so she's already had three solid title defenses against three of the best women's wrestlers today yeah no that's insane like i mean there are some guys that held world championships that did not even defended that many times so. <laughs> brock lesnar <laughs> yeah it's really what I'm talking about. Brock lesnar. <laughs> so like to see her do that it's like 
so quickly too because like again it's like only late october i don't know if it's coming out but like late october mm-hmm. like wow that just wow impressive yeah and of course obviously the future really seems to be instilled into roxy but we also can't discount a lot of all the other amazing women like roxy defeated sumi sakai and angelina love and then miranda alizé to be the inaugural Ring of Honor Women's World Champ. But I mean, Miranda Alizé too, she had some tough competition in those matches too. And obviously now she, yeah, Miranda Alizé is now also formally signed to Ring of Honor. And so is Max the Impaler and yep. Trisha Dora. So you have four mm-hmm. participants from that tournament alone that have already been signed to the Ring of Honor Women's Division. And so that itself, I think, is, a, and of course, joining the ranks of established talent like the Allure and Mandy Leon and Angelina Love and Sumi Sakai. Um, but bringing in some new faces and like actually getting together a signed women's division. So you have about seven signed and plus Amy Rose's manager to Maxi Impeller, but she can still go too. So you have about eight solid women signed to Ring of Honor right now, I believe. Yeah, big facts. So like I know they had like their first ever like women's of honor, like uh like I guess event <laughs> set up like a few years ago. It was like 2016. Yeah. Uh, I actually went to it, it was on my birthday too. Ooh. Um it was in Baltimore and it was like Manny Leon versus like hyena the wolf or something i'm forgetting your name all the top of my mm-hmm. head but like just seeing like that progression of them just having like one little segment of the show or one little match to have like a little event here and there it's like getting a championship but then it kind of dwindled out and then now have a like a legit division it's like whoa all right they're, they're finally on the right road to actually do something with that division with that championship and they got the right people to do it as well yeah, Maria Canales, again, like a, a bona fide Hall of Famer. She has really yeah. been a cool board of directors member. Um, there's also an issue about the whole Ring of Honor women's division in the newest issue of in the newest issue of PWI. Um, so check that out. Um, but yeah, Maria Canales has really been spearheading this and really advocating for women's wrestling. And now not only like did we have that tournament, but we have women's division Wednesday. So every Wednesday, the women get their own hour of television um, on YouTube. So that is super super cool and also they've been featuring featured more regularly obviously on pay-per-views and regular ring of honor television where coming up at the time of recording this um we do have roxy's next opponents kind of a little bit in line um there was two triple threat matches set up where willow already um advanced and will be facing the winner i want to say of trisha dora versus allison k versus mandy leone i believe um, I believe that's correct. And then whoever wins that triple threat would go on to face Willow and become the number one contender for Roxy. So we're already seeing some progression in the women being featured more. And plus, I mean, you also have coming up at the time of recording this, this Wednesday on women's division Wednesday, the NWA women's tag team champions who are also kind of been in this ring of honor, uh, tournament, Marty Bell and Allison K the hex will be defending against the allure Mandy Leon and, uh, of course, Angelina Love. So we're already seeing some crossover in that. Yeah, I mean, like, because, like, there was a big NWA <laughs> ROH crossover a few years ago, but it was just, like, Nick Aldis coming over. Yeah. Um, but now to see, like, the women's division actually, like, merge with Ring of Honor a little bit, it's also cool to see. Because, like, we wanted to see that with Impact Wrestling and AEW, but that didn't really happen. But now at least you got it with, like, two other companies with very established women's wrestlers. So it's love to see it. It's so cool. It's cool. To, what is from your perspective? What it, What are your thoughts on the women being featured more? Obviously, we have Women's Division Wednesday, but they are getting a lot more slots on pay-per-views and also Ring of Honor television. 
Yeah, I mean, as someone that's like gone to so mm-hmm. many Ring of Honor events, because like again, they're like they base their stuff out in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, you never really see that many women's matches in no. person, like, or if you see one, it's like a good two or three minutes, and it's kind of sad because it's like, all right, well, I was really getting into like Man Leon versus whoever, but like th- then it just ends in like two minutes. So I'm like, all right, well, that was a little boring. Where's where's the matches at? So like to actually see them like be put on these pay-per-views and like really have these legitimate matches where they can contend for like match of the night sometimes. Um, it's it's great because like, I mean, again, not to reiterate the same fact, but it's a stacked division. So to see like these these amazing talents like get this opportunity is it's, it's cool. It's cool. And I hopefully I can see them like I want to see a main event, a whole pay-per-view. Honestly, I want to see a main event final battle, uh, Death for Dishonor, all of them. I think it's actually possible that at some point, maybe maybe not right now, but maybe soon enough. Now, there's going to be a women's match. It is going to be main event a ring by our pay-per-view. Maybe, maybe it will be a final battle coming up on December 11th. Like I said, they're kind of riding. They're kind of setting up this match for Roxy. We don't know whether Roxy will be facing Willow or the winner of that other triple threat match yet, but we're kind of already, it's only October and they're already setting up stuff for December. So there yeah. has to be, has to be some give there, but also you mentioned like this crossover, this working relationship with NWA. Obviously you have, the Hex, who is obviously no stranger to NWA. They won the Tag Team Championships at NWA Empower. And a lot of the, I mean, we obviously had a few Ring of Honor talents there as well. I mean, Chelsea Green is also, I think, mm-hmm. been literally everywhere. And of course, her work in Ring of Honor can't be understated. She came back to pro wrestling after being released at Ring of Honor when they announced yeah. the brackets for the tournament. So that itself is huge. She's definitely competed at some in, in the 2300 arena. Um, and she's been at a few like live events and tape stuff for Ring of Honor. So I think she's obviously been in NWA impact. And of course, you have like the allure facing off against the hex. So we're definitely it's cool to see that crossover with a lot of their talent. Yeah, I mean, like, whew, I almost forgot my point for a minute. Um, yeah, okay, so I like, back to like the, the Roxy and um, building up her her match at the pay per view. They're putting more stock into the women's division right now than most of the like men's divisions, honestly. Like, there's no real setup in Ring of Honor for like any other matches besides Roxy. So mm-hmm. like to see that like highlight that spotlight on them is like, all right, maybe they could actually main event this year. Like that'd be kind of dope. Trying to see Roxy versus Trish, that'd be that'd be mm-hmm. fire. So, yeah, no, I think it actually might be possible this year. Could see it. Very possible. And it seems like they're definitely headed their way into maybe setting up some actual tag teams, too. I mean, you have the allure and then you could easily have Max the Impaler and Amy Rose, too, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, this is being recorded um, before this tag team uh, championship match on Wednesday. So we don't know if the allure is going to walk away as the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions or the Hex is going to retain. But I think it's cool that obviously like Maria and Ring of Honor and have that relationship with NWA. NWA. Obviously, they do with Chelsea Green floating about, and plus the Hex are both in Ring of Honor and NWA. So, and of course, a few of the competitors were in NWA as well. So, it's cool to see this working uh, Forbidden Door relationship kind of opened, especially in the women, where we don't get to see it in a lot of other places. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's cool to see because like there's so many like dream matchups. If it's AEW versus Impact or NWA versus Ring of Honor or whatever matchup you have. So to see all that happen to be, it's pretty cool. Like I would love to see like Camille come over and it's Camille versus like Roxy. Like you don't have to unify the belt, but at least yeah. like, you know, have a, a champion versus champion match. Like it would be insane because Roxy's so young and short. And then you got like Camille who's like a skyscraper. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it would be a match. 
we I think we got to see a little bit of that in that David versus Goliath and Layla versus Camille right. at in power. <laughs> and that was a great matchup. And, and Roxy's right. already had three studies. She's only she's only had the championship for less than two months at this point. And mm-hmm. she's already had three successful defenses outside of um, Ring of Honor. So I think this might actually be her first title defense at final battle inside the Ring of Honor like scope. Yeah, that would be her first one. Huh? So it's going to be definitely fun. We don't know whether it's going to be Willow or against the other winner of the other triple threat yet. But yeah, Malcolm, obviously, like we said, we have some Ring of Honor talent signed from this tournament. But is there anybody else in this tournament do you think you could see getting signed or want to get signed? I would love to see. I don't know if she's really associated with Ring of Honor that often, but like Renee Michelle is someone I mm-hmm. want to see get signed because like, I feel like she's never really signed anywhere for I don't know what reasons, but yeah, Renee Michelle would be a good one. She's also from D.C., so, you know, got to rep the homies. But uh, she's a great one. Uh, Brittany Blake, she's a great wrestler. To see her get signed would be pretty dope, especially for Ring of Honor. I think she's with um, MLW right now. But again, I, I don't know if she's formally no. signed with MLW or what's going on. But, I mean, we've seen crossover before. Like, Willow obviously was in MLW. Yeah, and, MLW, and Ring yeah. Of Honor, so. Yeah, I was about to say that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw Willow at the last. Yeah, table. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's possible. You never know. But someone like Brittany uh, showing up would be great. Um uh, I was gonna say Sky Blue, but I'm pretty sure she's with uh, AW now, so maybe not her. She's but, not yeah, no, officially signed anywhere, I think. But okay, well, I mean, well, if she doesn't sign with them, mm-hmm. then Ring of Honor would be a cool choice mm-hmm. for as well. It's, it's a good like building block for her. Mm-hmm. Um, unless she goes AW, then screw that. It's just be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Three solid people like Renee Michelle, we've seen an impact in WWE and NWA um, and probably in Ring of Honor before, I would assume at some point. Um, Sky Blue obviously has been in NWA um, with more stuff with AEW now and is huge on the indies. I honestly don't think people realize how big of a fan base she has. Like she is literally my third most listened to episode of all time behind like Mickey James and Lisa Marie Varon. Like that's how popular she is. I wow. don't think people well, realize that. Um, and then obviously Brittany Blake, is, I feel like is really underrated unless you're like from the Northeast area where she's based out of. She's obviously with MLW and is probably going to be doing a lot of stuff with Shimmer coming back too. So it's yeah. it's definitely, there's a lot of talent. I think there's room to even expand this Ring of Honor women's division even more, but also you have that relationship with the Indies too. Like I said, uh, Roxy defended her championship three times in indie promotions, so... Oh, another person, uh, Billy Starks. Oh, I love Billy. That would be a good one. That would be a great one to have, have signed. Because she's young, too. She's, like, she's like 16, 17. So, mm-hmm. like, yo, like, get her signed, like, so y'all can say you have, like, a 16-year-old on your roster. Like, pretty dope. Billy is absolutely incredible. Space Jesus. Uh, hashtag never lost. If you don't know what we're talking about, you need to follow her. She is incredible and so mature and like wise and like has great poise. Like every time I've talked to her and see her, I I have only positive things to say about her. Yeah, for someone that's 16, I would have never guessed it. Like she acts like way above her age, which yeah. is good for her. Like, congrats. Very professional. Yeah, I love her. But yeah, Malcolm. So overall, what are some of your hopes for the future of this Ring of Honor women's division? I got to stick with the main one. I want to see a main event of pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like my my biggest one, honestly. Um, I'd love to see some champion versus champion stuff happening with uh, Camille with NWA mm-hmm. and Roxy or whoever could be the champion at the time. Um, I want to see Roxy break some records. I mean, like she can hold the title longer than like some former like uh men heavyweight champions yeah. i feel like that'd be pretty cool 
Uh, yeah, I mean, mainly the, like the basic stuff. Just want to see like pay-per-view main events, you know, stuff that Ring of Honor hasn't done with the women before. Um, maybe a good ladder match here and there. That'd be kind of sick. Um, yeah, I just want to see some like some classics, honestly. Just some 30-minute Iron Woman, everything. Just Give us see what it. we want, Maria. Don't oh, let yeah. us down. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's we're still in the early stages, obviously, in this rejuvenation kind of relaunch of the Ring of Honor women's division. But I feel like we already have a, a cluster of some amazing signed talent. And of course, I think they're going to expand even more. We're, I, we're definitely still in the early stages of it, but it's been okay. really promising so far. Like like the really the only thing leading up to final battle right now, I think, is Roxy's thing right now. Like you said, and again, I don't watch yeah. the men's stuff regularly enough to know. So correct me if I'm wrong. If you're listening to this, you can at me on Twitter. I give you permission. Um, but yeah, it's, it's we're still in the early stages, but obviously putting the championship on somebody like a Roxy compared to like a veteran in there, like an Angelina Love or an even like Miranda Alize, who's been in the game for a few years, too. It was it was a bold choice. And I love what they're doing so far. Yeah, no, I mean, like they are definitely on route for like their beginning stages to have this kind of roster. I mean, like if they keep it going, uh, they're on route to probably have one of the best women's division of like the, the America in America and Japan and whatever the whole world. I think they can easily compete with like any other women's division. Yeah, they already have two of the top 30 women on their roster in, in Roxy and Trisha Dora. And so I think they can already grow even higher. And plus the experience and veteran levels like a Sakai or the Allure. Um, and yeah. also the, the Max, the Impaler is so different than everybody else. Just the strength of Max, the Impaler. And then the manager level of Amy Rose brings a whole nother dynamic that goes beyond wrestling is going to be so fun. <laughs> dude, when I first saw Max, I was at an MCW show and she like completely just came in and slaughtered some dude. And I was like, whoa, what the heck did I just see? She became like one of my favorite wrestlers, like on site. And I was like, Wow. She's going to be a champion. That's dope. Give her the belt. You know, Monster Run would be sick. It would be like some Bray Wyatt type stuff, and I would love it. Yeah, they are absolutely incredible, and it's cool. It's really, like, different seeing Amy compared to Max the Impaler. Like, they're two completely different, like, people and personas um but seeing them together i think really really works so yeah we have high hopes we're definitely like overall i think we're very happy with the beginning stages of this and as long as they keep going forward i think the women have the potential to main event so it's it's just a matter of when honestly because like it definitely has to happen it's just a matter of when if not we're starting a riot (laughs) yeah hell yeah (laughs) now malcolm before i let you go can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias and projects because you have some um exciting new stuff and um alliances i guess you would call yo i mean i'm building my alliances up pretty 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 strong pretty strong but like anyone that knows who i am and y'all already know the vibes i mean most man malcolm on youtube the greatest wrestling tuber of all time i mean like it's a duh like he should know who i am spell malcolm right by the way guys if you look me up spell malcolm right like, come on, there's two L's. I know one I'm silent, but like, if you watch Malcolm in the middle, like, there's an extra L. Malcolm. Yeah, yes, it's fine. Malcolm, whatever, fine. As long as you spell it right, then it works. But uh, that's that's the YouTube, uh, Twitter at Malcolm Muscle, I think, and the Instagram at the, Mal- the Muscle Matt. No, you can no. look it up. I, I edit this. You can look it up. Yeah. Repeat that for the people. Okay, got you. It's the Muscle Man Mal. Just, just M A L. M-A-L, M-A-L. Mal. <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter? 
Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Well, Malcolm, thank you so much for joining me. And this 200th episode special of a wrestling gal podcast is not your first appearance here, but I appreciate you uh, being on here as always. And um, when are we going to do something for your shit, bruh? I mean, like any time, bro. I mean, like I know, I know having me on brings the views up because that's what Russell and Malcolm does. But you know, I mean, you can come on the channel anytime you want. Uh, I'll make, I'll make sure there's some women's wrestling video I'll make, and you can definitely be on it. I mean, like without doubt, gotta get the icon on. So uh, whenever you want, whenever you okay. want. Okay, I'm keeping. Hit me up. I'm keeping you to you. that, and the people are hearing it first. If it doesn't happen, guys, in the next six months, we got some hard. We got some words for you, Malcolm. It's okay. I mean, like we can run it. I'm ready to fight everybody. So it's <laughs> but yeah, again, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode and talking about the ring of honor women's division. Of course, of course, of course. And that about concludes this historic 200th episode of a wrestling gal podcast. Thank you so much, everybody for tuning in. I sincerely could not have done it without my panel of six amazing guests to bring their knowledge, their value, their input to the conversation about the current state of women's professional wrestling. Like I said at the beginning of this video, some things have already changed after my conversations with everybody, but I still think it's really important to touch on women's professional wrestling, especially following the release of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Women's 150 list, which itself was so herstory making. Obviously, Bianca Belair was number one, and there are so many other amazing women on the list. Women's wrestling right now is really such a huge draw, and of course, there's, there's always good with the bad. Nothing is ever perfect, but I really have have high hopes for 2022 in women's professional wrestling. I think we have the capabilities to raise the bar even more. So yeah, that about concludes this episode of A Wrestling Gal. Thank you so much again for celebrating and joining me for the 200th special edition episode. Can't even believe we're at this point right now, but I look forward to sharing more and more episodes in the future. And who knows, before we know it, episode 250 and 300 will be here now next year. So again, thank you so much for always supporting. And of course, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at It's Ella J for more exclusive content. We have some fun stuff coming up for the future of our wrestling yell. But for right now, cheers to 200 episodes. Thank you so much for chatting with me all along the way.